2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: What's up party people and welcome to Countdown to Classic, where it's not my opinion that counts, but yours. Yes, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Countdown to Classic. As you heard at the top of the show there, a little bit of difference, some ads. Guys, I mentioned this in the show's Discord. Please, I ask for your patience as I explained that after four and a half years of no commercials on Countdown to Classic, I got an opportunity to finally put some ads on the show and create a little bit of a more passive revenue stream for me through the show. Um, guys, look, a lot of blood, sweat and tears has been poured into Countdown the Classic over the years. And quite frankly, whilst we've got these amazing patrons who do support the show... Um, A little bit of extra help is something that I just couldn't say no to. And so as a little bit of uh, more of a reward for the work that goes into the show, I did say yes to uh, a bit of extra ad revenue. And so please, about every 40 minutes or so, you're going to hear about three 15-second ads played on the show. Look, you can fast forward them, guys. I hope they're not too intrusive and obstructive to the conversations. But please, if you want to support me and what we do here, just grit your teeth. And tolerate it as much as you can, guys. I'm begging and imploring you. Um, you know, I-, I hope this is going to be a good thing for the show moving forward. But with all that out of the way, guys, we've got a huge show for you today. We've got the road call. We've got a call about Firemore that I wanted to do a few weeks ago, but uh, had to be delayed until now. And then a little bit, of a, a little bit of a monologue from me at the end. Some of you have been asking to hear a bit more from me, so we'll see if you like it or not. Please give feedback. If it's shit, I'll just ditch it. Don't worry about it. But I wax on for about 45 minutes at the end here about some stuff that I've been doing and I've got planned for wrath. So listen up if you like to other than that, As always, the Patreon link is in the show notes. Yes, I just talked about ad revenue being added to the show. But if you want the ad-free version of the podcast, as you've always enjoyed, if you can't handle these ads, look, guys, for $2 a month, you can get access to the ad-free version of the show. Sign up to the Patreon and, uh, and you'll get all that. But for now, let's get into the show. Thanks. I'll see you all at the end. The sneaky bastards in the shadows that I have had some very colourful things to say about over the years. The rogues. It is time to discuss my former class that I have not looked back at the whole time through Classic, but obviously there's a lot of you that play this class with a lot of love, and we've got a lot of questions for our guests today about these sneaky boys hopefully rising up through Wrath of uh, Ratchet, <laughs> Ratchet the Lich King Classic and uh, restoring some maybe former Glory, maybe that's a bit harsh in saying that, but we'll get through all that in the conversation. Let's welcome our guest for now, everyone. Uh, I'm so happy to have him help me out and put his hand up at the last second, a return caller after being on the show just last week. Subtle, mate, how are you?
0: Hey, Josh, doing great. Really excited to talk some Wrath Rogue with you. It's one of my favorite uh, versions of Rogue in all of WoW. Super fun time.
1: Mate, I'm so glad to have you here. And obviously people know you as the Prot Paladin guy and, uh, you know, granted so many of us tinker with different classes through this game, but I mean, just to, to set you up a little bit, is it the case that whilst you're focused on Prot Paladin now, you played Rogue back in the day and you, you, you mains it a shitload and you're going off of old memory there?
0: Yeah. So I played Rogue since week one of Vanilla. And I played it up through, well, really till the most recent uh, retail expansion, but I haven't played the recent expansions very much. Uh, I really stopped playing as much and like mop, but I played a lot of Wrath, uh, got a lot of glad titles, got a lot of high parses, and yeah, Rogue Rogue was my longtime main. Prop Paladins is kind of a new thing for me.
1: Too too easy. Out of interest, do you kind of like, even though you've got your content going with Paladins at the moment, do you keep tabs on. What's going on with rogues? Like, do you read, you know, Reddit threads and, 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 you know, online stuff or watch videos on YouTube about rogues to this day?
0: Yeah, I still watch a little bit, not as much as I used to, because, you know, following one class 100% takes a lot of time. So, right now, that's kind of prop alley for me, but I do try to kind of stay in the loop on rogue. Um, Like, Simon Eyes, he has great videos about rogue stuff. I try to check those out once in a while.
1: Yeah, I actually, it's my, completely my fault. Um, you know, I, I jumped on the Discord this morning and said, guys, are there any rogues out there who want to join Mike and I? And obviously, you put your hand up, subtle. And a lot of people, you know, were mentioning, Josh, get Simon Eyes, get Simon Eyes. I only discovered Simon Eyes literally about a week ago. Um, and I reached out to him via Discord, but it's so last minute. Like, he didn't get back to me in time. And, and I completely understand. Like, it's, a, I was like, you know, fuck, I'm going live in half an hour. Simon Eyes, is there a chance I could get you on the show? So I don't, don't uh, sort of criticize him in any way for not getting back to me, but it would have been great to have him. I had no idea that this guy was like revered as the voice on Rogue. So maybe look another day, who knows? But look, until then, let's get back to uh, Countdown's version of Simon Eyes, Our, our regular, you know, mouthy New Yorker. You all know him. You all love him. Balls of steel. Mike, what's going on? How are you, mate?
3: Hey Josh I I'm great I'm glad to be here I'm glad I'm really happy to talk about uh, Rogue this is probably the in my opinion the best iteration of Rogue in WoW uh like full stop I the, the, like the way in which they just they buffed rogues for wrath is is it's incredible
1: that's great to hear, and we'll, we'll get all into it right now, guys. Look, strap in for the next 90 minutes or so. Here we go. Look, I'm going to start you guys off with the same question that I started Subtle and Tear Off last week with Paladins and just some very broad strokes. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty. You know, obviously, I've got some questions lined up for you on the specifics, but let's get warm and fuzzy, guys. Mike, I'll start with you, and I'll get Subtle to piggyback off of your answer. Um what is it about rogues that makes them fun for you in Wrath? Why does it make you feel good to drive a rogue?
3: Uh for me, uh I really like um basically just the the amount of the amount of tool, the, the extra tools that rogues get in Wrath. Um it I also just I also just like like the quick like APM gameplay for me, it, like it as as being a younger person, it it keeps my attention more than just you know uh, just waiting for cast bars to finish with uh with the fact that you know rogues have uh, only a one second uh GCD. Uh, I also just like uh male uh, being in, in melee. I've always preferred playing melee classes. So uh those are, those are just the main things off the top of my head of why I like playing rogue and rat so much and. Also because rogues are actually the melee class that the the way they buff poisons by a lot in Wrath, you don't have to worry about, you know, the rogues still scale really well in Wrath, but we, we still start off really strong Wrath because of the way uh, they buff poisons in Wrath.
1: All right, we'll get into it. Subtle, same question, maybe different answer. Tell me why a rogue is fun in Wrath.
0: So kind of for the same reason, it's always fun. Like with stealth, that just opens up like so many possibilities on things you can do. Like in BGs, I think Rogue's like probably the single most impactful class. You can do so many things with stealth, like when you get creative with it. And in Wrath, a lot of uh, just like kind of quality of life things get changed. So like energy is no longer in like ticks of 20. You just get like... It's like 0.1 energy or one energy every 0.1 seconds. Um, So you're constantly getting energy back, which is really nice. You don't have to play in those like two second chunks anymore. And they take kick off the GCD, which is super fun. It makes interrupting an absolute breeze in conjunction with the energy change. So you don't have to, you know, pool energy for like two seconds to make sure you have that kick. Like you can, you know, Use abilities, and you know, you're gonna get enough energy back in like 0.5 seconds to be able to throw that kick. So it just is like way more fluid gameplay in Wrath, I think.
1: All right, beautiful. Hey, good news, guys. You'll never guess what. Guess who just got back to me? Simon Eyes, and he is keen to join us. So if you guys are okay, can we get the man, the myth, the legend in here? I've just got to send him a link to the Discord. Um, bear with me, everyone on stream. Sorry, I think this will be worth taking a minute to do this. Um, uh, Mike's gonna freak out like he did when he was on the show with Me. Oh,
3: I've never <laughs> even t- like, I just, I, I, this this guy is so just to give like the, the people listening, yeah, yeah, a, set, a set, set him right up for now. the listeners
1: because I don't know yeah, too much about the, him. The, the,
3: the, this guy, the level of like knowledge and depth that he goes into with every aspect of the class with every single ability, this is the guy that crunches the numbers. He does all the research for every, for like every single patch of every part of every expansion figuring out exactly all the damage coefficients what like the ratings of everything this he he's the guy that like proves why a class is, why like rogues are good through all the numbers and has like done the research to back it up he's incredibly informed with his videos uh, and he, he has like this really weird charm with his videos that he always wears a different hat in every single one of his videos, that I just like randomly appreciate. But the, he he's just, he's got it, just an insane depth of knowledge. And like most of my knowledge at this point about the class has come from him.
1: Beautiful. Subtle, you're aware of Simon Eyes' work?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike pretty much uh,
0: covered it all. Yeah, this dude's amazing. Um, yeah, what this guy says is gospel, basically, for Rogue.
1: Very good. Yeah. I, like I said to you, I feel bad that I only found this guy like a week ago. And you know, like I always sort of mentioned on the show, I sit in bed at night and poor Patricia, my wife has to, you know, many nights of the week, endure me watching wow content, you know, like I'll, I'll throw a subtle video on or I'll throw, you know, whatever I'm in the mood for on the night. And um, just last week, I was like, oh, here we go. I wish I could remember what the topic was. No, wait, I do remember, surely. Um, it was very technical, and there was a lot of maths involved, and it's not normally what I would watch. Um, but it was something going through, like, coefficients and whatnot, like Mike said. Was it the armor pen one? Yes, 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 yes. I think it was the yes, armor pen yeah. one. Exactly. And um, I... and he was wearing the hat, and I was like, huh, okay. I I guess maybe he's doing a bit or something. I don't know. And then I watched a second video, and he had a different, like, you know, it obviously very uh what's the word i could use well i was gonna say an extravagant hat or notable hat of some description and i was like oh okay i see this is a bit of an ongoing bit that's a bit of fun um so yeah it's definitely uh put his personal stamp on his content for sure a bit of fun but the guy clearly fucking does know what he's talking about so yeah let's um as soon as as he's in the discord here he is I think yes he's just joined and I'll open up a permission for him here we go yeah uh, he
3: he's the dude that backs up like with everything he says with the heart with the hard numbers beautiful okay done he, he's, he's he's like he's the guy where he's like show me the receipts he's got all the receipts. I'm ex- I'm excited for the, for the the spontaneity of he's, this. He's about
0: yeah, to I'm super in. excited. I wasn't expecting that.
3: And, and more, and more to this guy's credit, like even the the knowledge I've gained from from Wrath Rogues that I was going to talk about on here was pretty much going to come directly from the research that he's done about about Wrath Rogues. Mm. Oh,
1: here he is. He can hear us now. Simon, are you there?
3: Hello. Yes, I'm here.
1: Hi, mate. Look, thank you so much for for at the very last minute taking up this invitation. I cannot thank you enough. We've been gushing over you over the last five minutes <laughs> since you got back to me with that message. I, I was just lamenting to the guys. I was like, "Oh, this is my mistake. I've stupid. I've been so busy this week. I've left it to the last minute." everyone, you know, was like, Josh, get Simonized, get Simonized if you're talking rogues. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'll rush at the last second. And I really thought, you know, you might be busy and, and acceptably busy, you know, if you I only messaged you half an hour beforehand, but here you are at the last second. and We couldn't be happier to have you, mate. Well,
2: I, I'm happy to be here. You know, I, as I told you, I, I just hopped out of the shower and sat down <laughs> at my computer, saw this message. And I'm like, well, of course, of course, I'll come on here to talk
1: that's very very kind of you mate look i i said to the guy simon i should repeat to you i i have to admit I'm not going to lie to you, I only discovered your content last week, and I was just telling the story to the guys of me watching a couple of your videos for the first time, and and being very impressed with your handle on the game, and also getting uh, acclimatized to your shtick with the hats and everything, which I think is fantastic. Um, but mate, we discuss it, we, we literally, you've only missed the first five minutes, all I asked the guys was a little bit of fluff about, tell me why Wrath Rogue is fun to you, we're going to get into the really specific stuff very soon, so don't worry, you'll get your time to shine. But mate, if I can get That's you uh, on the same question, tell me—you know—maybe as compared to vanilla, as compared to TBC, why is the Wrath Rogue fun to you? Ah,
2: uh, well, in in Wrath, you've got two two talent specializations that are are good and viable in raiding. And for me, the more fun one is definitely combat. And it, what I like doing, which you could do in Burning Crusade too, is. Stack up your cooldowns together and the like skillful use of your cooldowns, knowing when to pull the trigger on them to get the most value out of them. You know, it was very fun. You pop off, you do so much damage when you're hitting two targets with Blade Flurry. And the change, you know, going forward to Wrath is that you get yet another damage dealing cooldown that you can stack up together with the Killing Spree talent at the end of the combat tree, uh, which is very cool. Jumping around the battlefield, smashing everyone. oh, It's great.
1: Excellent, excellent, Simon. Sorry, I meant to mention. Um, if if you happen, if you're okay with turning on a video, mate, you're more than welcome to. I, I am doing a video thing. Um, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. It's all good, mate. As you said, you just got out of the shower. I don't want to fuck you or pressure you into it at all if you don't want to.
2: No, that, that's all right. I'm while you're talking, I'm sitting here trying to get it set
1: up right now. <laughs> all good, mate. All good. Um, look, guys, I'll 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 let Simon do his thing. I'll throw it to you, other guys, while he's getting ready. Um, you know, I. I Wanted to have a little bit of a quick discussion before we get into the Wrath specifics about how you guys went through TBC. And, and Mike, you'll be able to speak a lot more on this one, obviously, than, than subtle might be able to because he played a paladin through TBC. But um, I've mentioned many times on this show that I, I do feel very bad about the treatment that rogues got through TBC from the community at large. And I saw this on my server. It was on all the servers a lot of information went out in the lead-up to TBC from the content creators saying, rogues are trash, don't take a rogue, blah, blah, blah. Melee in TBC, how could you even consider it? Fuck off warriors and rogues, blah, blah, blah. And as we all you know, know, you can clear content with anything in this game. It's, it's sweaty min-maxes that obviously really get very picky about who they're taking to heroics and raids and whatnot. My opening question Mike is I think it's so unfortunate that that happened. How did that affect your life as a rogue through TBC? And we'll we'll get to the wrath aspect of this discussion very soon, but let me start you off there Mike.
3: Uh so I'm a bit of a uh odd one out for myself specifically because um I never had a problem getting, you know, uh groups for heroics or being a part of a raid because when i wasn't a raid i was the raid leader uh and whenever i was running heroics uh i i was just doing it with guildies but i think you know the main thing uh to speak with, with about why rogues feel like they got the short end of the stick is because in tbc ra- rogues just just lacked that raid utility that so many other classes had so it was just hard for you know the the, the maxers to justify bringing more than more than one rogue to a raid, and not to mention the amount of uh, encounters in TBC that are just so melee unfriendly. It, it, the 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 amount of fights that you just as a me- as a melee DPS that you just this crazy downtime, especially in like SSC TK, it was just it was unreal. How, uh, how melee unfriendly fights were in TBC.
1: Subtle, if I can throw it to you on that topic. And, and guys, be as honest and forthright as you want to be. You know how it is on this show. But Subtle, on that point, at the end of the day... Did it fucking matter? We're all so good at the game now. Did the melee thing, yes, okay, there's always going to be the sweaty min-max top tier stuff, but hey, Simon, we've got you there now. Thanks, mate. Did it matter at the end of the day if you were a melee and specifically a rogue throughout TBC's lifetime?
0: Uh, it definitely mattered a little bit in like tier five, I think. Like if you had a lot of melee, like pre nerf Vaj and Gale might have been a little harder. More specifically Vaj, but um yeah now that we're later into the expansion like tier six like you could just clear that with anything like my guild cleared most of it week one with like 20 people because we it was like off days for us like we normally raid tuesday wednesday release on thursday so um for like tier six it didn't matter and now in sunwell like rogues are doing crazy dps so i mean really just tier five i think was kind of the main one
1: Excellent. Simon, I'll throw you the same question, mate. I love the hat. Thank you for donning that one for the show. Um, look, it, it got to an extent where I, I understand a bit more for raids. Yes, I do. You guys are very top-tier players. You want to push, 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 get squeeze the most juice out of the raid. I get that. The trickle-down effect, I think, that pissed people off was the average player absorbing all this information through osmosis from the content creators and the general vibe from the community and not wanting rogues for heroic dungeons and clearing simple content and being like, no, fuck off. I'll I'd rather wait twenty five minutes for a mage or a warlock than take you, Mr. Rogue. How how do you, how would you explain the situation and how did it make you feel? Oh, you're muted, mate. Simon, Simon, you're muted if you if you can hear me.
2: Good now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good now. Sorry. Yeah, so I'd say there's definitely a trickle-down effect, like you say. You know, content creators say, oh, rogues are bad, and that, that goes into the community, and everyone, you know, rejects rogues from groups. It makes the life of a, a rogue trying to find dungeon groups uh, very difficult. Um, at, uh, I'll touch on, on two things, at the highest level and at the, the more casual level. At the highest level, uh, rogues lack some of the utility that other classes have, and that's mainly, I think, in area-of-effect damage a, like ability to deal multi-target damage and you can more most directly compare the rogue to the warrior you know the warrior has cleave has whirlwind has sweeping strikes um that are all excellent and the rogue you know gets blade flurry two minute cooldown 15 second duration very powerful while it's active but when you're going from pack to pack to pack you know uh very quickly you don't get a lot of uptime with this Blade Flurry effect, whereas the Warriors are just cranking out the Sweeping Strikes, cranking out the Cleaves, the Whirlwinds, that they're much more able to deal that multi-target damage. And I think that's the biggest weakness Rogues had that held them back at the highest level. Um, And then some on the more casual side of it, uh, people um don't really recognize, you know, when they're not at that really high level and that these, like, really high-level metas don't really apply to them. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of times where like, I go into a raid and you know, I top the meters on bosses, right? And I beat the hunters, I beat the warlocks, I beat the whatevers, because I'm like a top 1% player. I mean, let's just be real. Like, a very good player of a less good class can outperform a, a medium or slightly above average player of a you know, more meta class.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well look, to keep the ball rolling, Simon, I'll I'll keep you going and then we'll go back down the list to the other guys. Tell sure. me why Wrath is going to be hopefully for you guys different. Is it is this because I'm all for I'm trying to be a big champion this time around of positivity, of like take whatever fucking class you want. You know, it's kind of take the player, not the class, but like wrath content you're going to clear it regardless of, of who you have stop hating on classes and just fucking take people and play the game and have fun i'm sick of seeing videos go up on youtube of like this class is trash because of x y and z in wrath like i'm fucking over it so tell me why in wrath for the rogues they should have reason to be more positive about maybe shaking off this stigma
2: yeah so i i think you know uh, Blizzard recogn- you know back in the day, Blizzard recognized that Rogue was kind of weak in Burning Crusade. Rogue has received a lot of buffs going into Wrath of the Lich King, um, and that big weakness I talked about of not having good area of effect damage is is absolved. We we get Fan of Knives, which is an excellent, very powerful area of effect damage ability. So we're no longer going to lack in that you know area of effect capability even at the highest levels of play. Um, we have a just considerable amount of buffs that just just plain increase the damage output. And one of the biggest ones is the uh, rogue poisons, which were not even used in Burning Crusade, mostly. Uh, Now scale with your attack power, which makes them just absurdly powerful. And and rogues will be dealing, you know, 30 to 40% of their overall damage will be poison damage. I mean, like, rogues should not have any trouble finding groups at any level of play because they're just very powerful.
1: Very good. Very good. Um, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you and, and we'll keep the ball rolling on this topic on the upside of Wrath. Um, if I can just sort of set you up with a softball, uh, you know, a lob one over the plate for you to knock out of the park. Now, an idiot like me, the layman, Mike, says, um, look, it's great what Simon is saying. I've definitely heard this, that the PVE utility and damage and buffs and everything for, for rogues is fantastic. You guys definitely become a little bit more godly in PVE. Now the TBC PVP rogue is described as the godliest version of that, you know, specific niche for, you know, utility of the class in terms of if you want to PVP and you want to play rogue, TBC is the expansion for you. Now, Coming into Wrath, if I were to say to you, well, do rogues kind of get, for lack of a better word, nerfed in PvP in Wrath? Do you think that's the wrong way to say it, or I'm somewhat on the right track?
3: Um, I actually have to admit more of my weakness here. I, I actually didn't PvP very much with a rogue in Wrath, specifically in that's Arena. That's okay. That's okay uh we we can open it up to the floor
1: subtle Simon I said we can open up to the floor if if anyone else wants to jump in
0: yeah uh rogue's still amazing in pvp and wrath uh there's a reason wreckful was the first 3k rated player in wrath it's an amazing class like if somebody gets playing a rogue they're gonna be easy glad for sure
1: oh yeah Um, I, I don't mean to intimate that they're bad but they were so good in tvc is it a weird like half step back or not at all?
0: Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because they're still like extremely good. They're still like one of the best PvP classes. Uh, you get like Shadow Dance, uh, you get uh, Honor Monk Thieves, you get all sorts of stuff. And Tricks of the Trade is actually incredible for PvP too. You put that on the other DPS on your team for your burst windows. And yeah, I, I mean, to me... Rogue and Wrath is just as opiate in PvP as it is in TBC. You're being
1: too kind, subtle. You can call me a fucking idiot. It's fine, mate. Simon, let me throw it over to you to finish this one. Rogues in PvP, a step forward or a step back?
2: Uh, I'm going to have to be like Mike and say, you know, uh, PvP is not my forte. That's okay. Uh, I try to learn about it so I, you know, I know something. And my impression is that, like, as you're saying, you know, Rogues are very much gods in TBC, PvP. And I my again, my impression, not my experience, is that they're they're probably dialed back just a little bit uh in terms of their like relative power level to other classes in Wrath.
1: No, that's fair. Totally fair. Um Guys, we'll, we'll get through a bit more of the uh, Wrath content then and, and understanding that you guys have the experience that you have. We'll lean more PvE. That's fine. We can always save. If anyone listening you know, says, Josh, oh my God, I'll come in and be your PvP expert one day. We'll, we'll do that another time. That's totally fine. But um, guys, let me just ask you uh, more generally about the phases of Wrath before we get into the talent trees and everything. Um, is there a particular roller coaster ride for the rogue through the different phased content in in wrath of the lich king as you know seems to generally be the case for a lot of classes i'll throw a question uh, your way and, and mike i'll get you to kick us off with this one um and i found the following quote on uh the subreddit as i usually do and i'll quote this uh user drugan uh, a Dra- who said this mike rogues are good from the start with assassination spec still good at the end but if i remember correctly combat takes over and is there in the top three to five if you know how to play so mike my question is um not only switching between specs but also generally through the content what's your ride like through the different phases in wrath
3: uh so my ride uh generally and uh, but even back in the day, on retail and on a lot of private on a, on a lot of private servers, uh, for tier seven, I would mostly be assassination, uh, because just the way the way they buff poisons in in Wrath is is just inc- in absolutely incredible, and it doesn't scale with your gear as much. Poison, the, the, a big thing is they made poisons scale with your attack power in Wrath, which was really good. But just th- the power of assassination do- isn't so dependent upon your gear be- be- because of how they buff poisons. Poisons go from like single percentage of your damage the- from it was in like TBC or vanilla to almost half your damage as an assassination rogue. It's it's absolutely absurd how good pois- poisons become in Wrath of the Lich King. That you could you could oh sorry go ahead
1: Josh. Oh I was gonna say is so what is it that changes that has the push towards combat towards the latter half of the expansion
3: so yeah uh so as, so uh as you, you we go along there's more armor more armor penetration on a lot of gear in uh in later uh tiers of the raids so you have things like the Mjolnir runestone from 10 man hardmode um, Hard thor you pick up grimtoll from 25 man naxramas there's just the, and you just try to get, honestly, you just try to stack to armor cap either passively or through trinkets. I don't think you're going to get to passively by like Old War, but you know, like tier 10, tier 9, tier 10. Uh, combat just scales incredibly with armor penetration because, compared to assassination because so much of assassination's damage is through poisons that uh you just with your with your armor with your armor penetration taking off i think it's uh actually i i remember watching uh Simonize's video about armor penetration taking off about yeah. 70% of of a of a boss's armor pl- plus just how poison scale with your attack power that in combat just does incredible damage with with the crazy burst windows with with your cooldowns Plus just dropping the a boss, uh, boss's armor to around like three thousand of like i think it's like ten thousand two hundred ish of what every boss has the same amount of armor now so it's it's, it's it's, it's what i from what i know my 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 knowledge is that armor penetration is like the one big stat of what makes combat better throughout uh
1: very good Eyes. i'll throw it over to you now that you've been mentioned and your content i was watching that exact same video as i'm sure many people have seen that that's how i found you last week mate watching this incredible breakdown of armor pen um and p- please by all means you know I'll, I'll do a half shout out for you for your youtube channel we'll give you a big opportunity at the end of the podcast to shout it out as well and give it a big plug um where for do sure, people sure. find you on youtube again man
2: uh youtube uh Eyes show is the name of the channel i can get a url one
1: second all good so i'll definitely put your url in the show notes don't worry about that man but sure um, thing thing. look in that video you explained it so well and i'll get to sort of pick up where mike left off and i would frame the question this way um is that relationship with armor pen and a rogue's understanding of how armor pen works in wrath going to separate the good from the bad through this expansion
2: I think, um, well, one of the things I, I covered in that video was a, a very common misconception that I found while I was researching for the video, which was, you know, once you, this is the idea that that's, you can find all over the internet that says, you know, once you get, you know, armor pen cap, 100% armor ignore, that applying sunder armor doesn't do anything for you anymore. Applying exposed armor, applying all these armor debuffs doesn't do anything for you anymore. And that's just, it's not correct. Um, you know, the Sunder Armor, the Fairy Fire, uh, they they always are increasing your damage output. So if you're not knowledgeable about that and you you say, oh, you know, to hell with Sunder Armor uh, and you stop using it in your raids, your damage is going to suffer. And I, I think it's a very easy misconception to make because, like, you read the stat and it says, you know, your attacks ignore 100% of your target's armor. And, I mean, any reasonable person would think that that means, okay, You know the bosses are at zero armor. We don't need debuffs anymore. So you do need that extra bit of knowledge to make sense of what's going on.
1: Very good, very good. Subtle, I'll get you to round us out, mate. Just on this, again, bringing it back to this this uh, core question of the roller coaster ride of the rogue through the expansion, mate. Have you? Did you personally notice back in the day? oh you know here i am in old topping the meters oh here i am later on in in togc or whatever sort of sitting at fifth or sixth oh i'm back at number one in icc like is it quite the ride or how would you explain it
0: um well i actually missed old War. i had quit during that time but i played a lot during togc and a ton during icc and togc i was like gearing up again so I slowly was working my way back up to number one, and then in ICC, I was like number one every single fight, pretty much. Like ro- Rogues just go off in ICC; it's insane.
1: Very good, <clears throat> guys. I'll I'll open up this one, and we're we're and finishing up on the general stuff, and we're going to get to the the fun specifics of the talent trees. But, um, you know, I I want to hope that this isn't going to happen but if i read this comment to you and get first in best dressed this is one of those random reddit users where their username is aosnfasgf345 um they said the following they said look rogues are s-tier dps the entire expansion but people will be stacking the other s-tier dps such as warlocks and dks in raids over rogues so those raid spots will still be very tightly contested, even though you are a rogue and you are great. Um, who wants to talk about that first, Ian? like, is it, uh, is it still tough for you to get a raid spot, or is it a bit easier to, to whisper into the ear of the GM?
2: Uh, I, I can start. I think, I think this is a case, uh, kind of like I said earlier, that a very good player of like a less good class can outperform a a mediocre player of a better class. And I I think the difference between the classes in wrath compared to TBC, you know, is lesser, right? Like uh, there's not so much of that class difference. It's more of that skill difference. So the difficulty then becomes impressing upon the raid leader that you are actually a a high performance player, you know, that you know what you're doing and that uh, it's less about, what class you're playing and more about you know can you show good performance or can you convince someone else that you can perform well which is always a difficult uh more of a social problem than a game problem even
1: very good how about the other two guys anything else on that one
3: uh i would say on that one that uh wrath uh the the only, as someone who's played with a lot of private servers, the only in the only specific uh, raids or encounters that I know where guilds specifically went out of their way to stack certain classes was Zero Light Yogg, where where the only the sweatiest top end guilds going for like server first would just stack the shit out of affliction uh, affliction locks, but to to my knowledge, just the way the the way class balance is and the way encounters work in Wrath, there is no reason to, to be class stacking at nearly as much as people did in Vanilla or TPC. Class balance is so much better, and every class is, and spec is so much stronger that I, I think you're just robbing yourself of, of raid utility, just trying to just stack a certain class over, over another.
1: Okay, subtle anything on this to, to finish this off?
0: Uh, they pretty much covered it, but yeah, it should be way easier to get a raid spot in Wrath as a rogue compared to now, and yeah, it's it's all about you know, I mean, this is where they started doing like the bring the player not the class thing, and that's pretty much fleshed out by like the patch we're gonna be playing. So yeah, uh, like if you know somebody who's like a sick rogue, like you're not gonna sit them or ask them to like re-roll a warlock or something, like. If you can find some sick rogues, bring them in for sure
1: all right very good guys thank you so much for sending your questions in twitch chat you know i'm very very bad with rogues so i really appreciate that i will need the help so thank you so much ryan for sending that stuff through thank you thank you chingla i will pose that question those questions to the guys and and uh guys i might throw in one question now and some others later before we'll get to the talent trees uh right after this one question look simon I'll, i'll throw it to you obviously uh uh nogs is kicking us off and said question for simon Do you think guilds will be willing to invest that much time into gearing assassination only for them to drop the gear in the bank for combat arm penetration?
2: Um, I think uh, there's not so much to worry about, uh, like dumping gear in the bank, um, because in each phase of uh, Wrath of Lich King, you're going to be replacing almost every piece of your gear anyways. So, you know, say come Trial of the Crusader, you want to make the switch to combat, or come Ice Crown Citadel, you want to make the switch to combat. You're dumping all your old gear, anyways. Uh, you know, you're dumping all your assassination gear from the previous um, uh, phase, anyways. So, you're not really wasting anything. And outside of the weapons and a little bit of like how you gem the items, a lot of the items are similar between the two specs, right up till you get to the end. Uh, you know, Trial of the Crusader, Ice Crown Citadel, where there's going to be a couple pieces that are different from assassination to combat. Uh, because, again, that preference for the armor penetration, where the combat rogue wants to cap armor penetration and the assassination rogue is kind of like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll just pick whichever pieces have the most stats on them.
1: Look, Mike. Let me kick you off on the the talent trees, and we'll start with assassination. Like we've already mentioned, very powerful at the start of the expansion. Mike, you know, uh, you know, we've had him on the show many times over the years. Kevin Jordan, our friend, uh, you know, designer at at, at, for many of these abilities and talent trees, along with the rest of the team. Um, You know, hopefully, we'll get Kevin on at some stage uh, for an episode here to talk about a bunch of things in regards to Wrath. But, Mike, if I were ask you to play the role of uh kevin's you know manager or what have you in back in the wrath at the end of the wrath expansion let's say and you sit him down in the office and it's time for his review and you're staring at his work on the talent trees tell me what you'd be saying to kevin on the positive side of things with the assassination tree what were the best new features that were brought in and why and what are you patting him on the back for
3: uh, so for me, uh, just a standout that is specifically the new additions, the top three that, that, that come to my mind is, um, would be focused attacks, which uh, give all your uh, melee criticals a 100% chance to give you two energy. Uh, overkill, which is when you come out of stealth you, per 20 seconds, you get 30% additional energy. Uh, cut to the chase, the, which basically gives your uh, your... Your, co- your combo point uh, dump in uh, Assassination, which is in Venom, a 100% chance to refresh Slice and Dice. So there's uh, there's less, basically, um, management with trying to keep up multiple buffs. You just have... You just put up Slice and Dice, and then and, and, and Venom is just keeping it up, and you, you're just basically... You're using something that directly increases your damage while instead of just going through the tedium of just keeping up Slice and Dice. Uh, and... Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, those would, and hunger for blood is like cool, but uh, for like if just to do more damage, but it's kind of uninteresting because it's just a buff that you just keep up every minute. That just it just generically increases your damage. But to to me, cut to the chase and and focus attacks are just like so much fun. Having cr- critting in WoW is fun and getting more energy to use your abilities more often for critting is just so much fun to me.
1: Okay, well, if I can just quickly keep you going, then we'll throw it to the other guys. Now I turn around and say, Kevin, you did great work on that, you know. And again, Mike, putting you in this role. If we then turn to the negatives, what would you criticize Kevin for, if anything, in the Assassination Tree in Wrath?
3: Uh yeah, yeah. Like like I said before, I think hunger for blood is it like in, incredibly boring and just like feel like feels very generic ability while it is good i it's literally just a button you have to hit once every minute and just make sure you keep it up. There's like there's really not much nuance to any of it um I think they they change some of just like some of the like the talents further down the tree that just like generically increases your damage maybe they maybe they could have done some other stuff with that
1: okay. um.
3: But the, yeah, those are, I would say those are the main criticisms I have with assassination. I think there's way more positives to it uh than, than negatives overall for me personally. Because uh, like uh, the like, assassination just it goes from, you know, not very good to amazing in wrath. From okay. just like just from those three talents I mentioned before.
1: Huge, very huge, huge good. huge amount good. to your DPS simon i see you nodding along furiously i'll get you to bring us home mate in between that i'll throw it to subtle real quick and just say subtle piggybacking off of what mike just said um is there anything that we didn't go over that you personally love or dislike about the assassination tree in wrath
0: um the i mean the main thing was that i didn't like was hunger for blood for sure uh back in actual wrath they Changed it like it felt like every month they were like changing it, they just viewed it as like this sliding scale to like buff or nerf rogue DPS depending on how they were performing. So I think it used to be like 15% damage, and then they're like, um, rogues are doing a little too much damage, let's make that like 12%, something like that. And they just like kept like dialing it back, dialing it back. So now, like this final version is like the least interesting 41-point talent possible, or 51-point, I guess, at this point. Um, Like it, you use it once a minute, it gives you 5% damage. That's like so uninteresting compared to like Killing Spree and Shadow Dance, which are both amazing and the other trees.
1: Yeah. Simon, I'll I'll let you off the the leash here, mate. You've been, as I said, nodding along furiously. Let me frame the question in a a little bit of a a harder fashion for you, mate. I'm sure you can take on this challenge. It's a very tough question, but I pose it occasionally on the show where the guys have just highlighted, look, this 51-point talent, it leaves a lot to be desired. What's going on with it? And we think through the history of some of the more underwhelming 31, 41, 51 point talents in the game, where would you rank Hunger for Blood in the pantheon of disappointments? Is it the worst 51 point talent in Wrath? Uh,
2: worst 51 point talent in Wrath? I I don't know every single talent tree in Wrath for the other classes, but I, I can say it ranks among the worst, you know, ultimate talents across Classic, TBC, and, and Wrath for rogues. I mean, the, the real suckers are, you know, surprise attacks in Burning Crusade. It's another just kind of passive little damage boost. Very lame. And then you had Vigor as the ultimate assassination of talent in, uh, in Classic, which, is again, just uh, not, not very interesting. Although, you know, it did allow—that's probably the best of those three. But, you know, Hunger for Blood's bottom two.
1: All right, all good. So, mate, I'll I'll throw you the same question to finish this up. Anything that the guys uh, might not have mentioned or that they said that you furiously agreed with? If you were reviewing Kevin Jordan, the, the grandfather of these talent trees, at the end of the expansion and saying either good job or bad job, what would you say about his work on the assassination tree?
2: All right, I'll keep it quick. Hunger for Blood sucks. Uninteresting. I agree with everyone else here. Earlier versions of it had it like consuming a bleed effect on the rogues would like remove a negative bleed effect from you, which gave it cool utility, but then it like wasn't usable in situa- Yeah, Well, whatever. It was way more interesting before. This version, very lame. The, the combination of Cut to the Chase and Master Poisoner um, gives Assassination the most powerful finishing move of any of the specs within Venom, the master poisoner talent makes it so in Venom doesn't remove deadly poison stacks, which is really important because that deadly poison is very powerful. The other talent specializations can use Invenom, Venom, but just when they use it, it, it rips off deadly poison stacks from the target and is uh, not very good. And then the last thing I have to shill for the uh, fleet footed talent, the move speed talent. I love having move speed, especially on melee characters in raids. I, I view move speed as a damage-dealing stat. And when you can get more move speed than other people, you can spend less time moving between enemies, more time damaging enemies. And one of the best ways to deal more damage is to simply spend more time dealing damage. So, Assassination, getting access to that fleet-footed that the other specs do not get, is a pretty, um, I, I view it as a pretty significant uh, increase for assassination.
1: Very good. Well, I'll have to bring this up with Kevin, uh, next time we talk to him and ask him how much he'd had to drink when he came up with, uh, uh, hunger for blood for sure but look you just a real quick tangent there you raise a, a great point that had me nodding along Simon um, you know talking about just movement speed and classes that do get access to some kind of ability or, or buff to their movement speed in general whether it be popping an ability for a short term burst or something akin to the Paladin with the more long term 15% movement speed that you get in the red tree look mate I, I've recently re-rolled to Paladin six months ago as Subtle and Mike know and you know nobody talks about it But pursuit of justice or pursuit for justice, whatever it's called, with the 15% move speed, it is life changing. I have, it's completely affected like my positive outlook on not only the game, but the class and everything. Like, you think 15%, like, oh, you know, how much could it really be? It adds up, it's a lot. And I'm running down people in PvP and adoring it and i'm running out of range of spells and going you know (laughs) suck shit it's fucking amazing i mean just anyone on that one jump in i i I really can't say enough good things about the classes that get access to these things as a rogue, guys as well like how does movement speed you raid more than me how does this affect your quality of life i'll throw it open to the floor
3: Oh, movement speed's absolutely amazing. Exactly, uh, like, I completely agree with Simon, I said, the quicker you get to the boss, the more damage you can deal. People, it's just, it's such a hard thing to equate with how much damage it actually deals. So, where people can't, like, directly, uh, like, they can't do, like, the direct math of how much just being quicker is, so they kind of just turn off the blinders, like, who needs extra movement speed? You know, I'm just gonna take the thing that, you know, directly gives me more damage, but just... And especially with with wrath there are so many fights that require movement Go, going to going to hit certain ads moving away from you know uh, boss mechanics just being being able to just move faster get out of the way something get back into your spot to be hitting the boss it will is, is it's, it's 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 amazing you, you like you, you can't quantify it
1: very good or it's very
3: hard very hard to quantify or at least anyway <laughs>
2: I'm going to make a prediction here, go out on a little bit of a limb. I'm going to think that there's going to be fights in Wrath where a combat rogue who lacks this movement speed talent is going to sacrifice their flask of endless rage to be able to use the old swiftness of Zanza 20% move speed bonus and then go with a regular battle elixir, so a little bit less offensive power, but worth it to get that 20% move speed buff. If you're moving back and forth all the time, there's no question that, you know, an extra, you know, fraction of a second every time you're moving between targets is going to add up quick, and I bet is going to add up more than the difference between the flask and the battle elixir.
1: There you go. There you go. Subtle. Anything on this before we move on?
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, movement speed is an incredible stat, especially for PvP. Um. I mean. A lot of people are be- gonna be going to be going engineering too. You get the rocket boots, and that's just an insane DPS cooldown. People don't necessarily think of it as a DPS cooldown, but I mean, anytime you're out of range, if that's going to get you in range to attack again qu- quicker, that's just more damage you're doing. So, on top of just being a great utility thing for just not dying, then I mean, it also is a straight DPS increase on a lot of fights
1: all right subtle i'll keep you going i'll I'll put you on the spot and throw the next listener question to you before we get to the next talent tree um this one comes from chingla in twitch chat who says this question will the rogue rotation have enough nuances such that there is a notable difference between the top rogues and the average rogue or will it be incredibly simple like a one to two button spam where the difference in dps comes down to gear and rng
0: uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's always enough nuance with, like, timing, uh, like, procs with some of your CDs, like, Killing Spree, things like that. And, I mean, like, at least early on when you're playing Assassination, like, there's enough things to keep track of, like, uh, like, you're in Venom buff up time. Like, when you're in Venom, it increases, like, your chance to apply Poisons for a little bit, and you don't want to, like, in Venom again too early and, like, waste part of that buff. So, there's a whole like balance to like keeping your rupture up, keeping your envenom buff up and not envenoming too quickly and wasting some of that buff time, and then you know keeping a hunger for blood up too. You gotta pay attention to that, but yeah, I, I think there's enough that like really good rogues are going to be separated from good rogues for sure.
1: very good. Any of you uh, uh, your other two guys, anything to say on that question there, or anything that subtle said?
3: I would yeah, just ab- absolutely agree. Go oh, ahead, sorry. go ahead. I I would say I absolutely agree that uh in Venom buff uptime will definitely be the difference uh between like a good a good assassination rogue versus like a bad assassination rogue. Um and also knowing uh and just also keeping uh keeping up uh the overkill uh buff for as long as you can as well sort of just like uh using like refreshing that with vanish in your opener will also be a really important thing cuz that's a that's 30% additional energy. Uh, so, uh that you that you can that you can roll for 40 seconds into the opening of a fight.
1: Very good. Simon Eyes, you want to bring us home?
3: Yeah,
2: sure. Uh so my my opinion of this is that the assassination is definitely going to be the easier spec to play well because you're juggling less things. Um you you know, you've got your hunger for blood buff, but you're doing that, you know, once per minute. That's not too much and you're watching this in venom buff. And beyond that, you're not doing too much each second to each second. You know, uh, you're making sure you don't invent them, like overwrite the previous one. The combat, on the other hand, you're you're juggling your slice and dice buff, your your rupture debuff. Sometimes you're you're juggling expose armor on top of that. And the the big difference I think here is that combat it has much more, much greater swings in its energy generation. Because you have your combat potency talent that's, you know, 20% chance every time your offhand hits to generate 15 energy. That's a much less consistent source of energy than focused attacks that's giving you two energy every time you crit, which is basically every other attack. So the combat rogue has to deal with and has to be able to, um, how do I say this? Has to be able to work around, you know, sometimes getting droughts of energy where you you get a little unlucky. You don't get combat potency procs. And then you also have to know what to do when you get like a bunch of procs right in a row. How do you how do you handle that? How do you adapt your slice and dice, rupture and eviscerate usage to best utilize the random effects that are happening right now?
1: Very good. Very good. Guys, we'll move into, we'll come back to more uh, uh, listener questions soon. Everyone in Twitch chat, please, I do see your questions. Keep sending them through. They will get asked at some point. I'm just weaving them in with the stuff that I had pre-prepared. So, guys, let's throw it over. Uh, Well, actually, let me ask this one question of my own uh, before we get into combat and subtlety. And, Mike, I'll direct this question at you. Please correct me if I'm wrong because along the lines of that question referring to, you know, simplicity of rotations and whatnot i think we've had discussions in the past mike where you've said something along the lines of oh my god if you want the snooze fest gameplay go with the i think it's the mutilate rogue in wrath is that right
3: uh, so uh, yeah, the the rotation for uh, for assassination is a lot simpler. If you if you're new to rogue, like if this is the first time you're playing rogue in in classic, I definitely recommend assassination. The main reason why it's so much easier is, is exactly what Simon has said. You're not you're not worrying about keeping up all these buffs because uh, you just put up a slice and dice once, and then you're just hanging venom. Because it's 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 just automatically putting back up a five combo point slice and dice, so you're just hitting you're just hitting mutilate to four or five combo points and then hitting venom and making just making sure you don't lose that that, uh, gotcha. that buff up top.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, guys, let's get into uh, we'll go to subtlety and we'll finish out with combat last. So, same question, you know, different answers. Maybe I'll, I'll throw it open to the crowd first. In best dressed. Tell me what Kevin did right and what Kevin did wrong with the subtlety tree in Wrath. How would you review and rate this one?
0: Uh, 10 out of 10. Shadow Dance is like the funnest ability I think Rogues have ever had. Uh, Honor Among Thieves is great too. Every time you or somebody in your group crits, you get a combo point. There is like, I think, a one second uh, ICD on that. But. Uh, there was a point I think it didn't have an ICD early in Wrath and you just got like infinite combo points. Your entire rotation was just eviscerate, 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 eviscerate. It was yeah. super crazy. Man, but, yeah, I interject-
1: yeah, 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 go for it, go for it.
2: Yeah. So, so the, the it was in fact bugged at one point where the number of combo points it gave you was equal to the number of rogues in your party that had the Honor Among Thieves talent. So you'd set up a party with five rogues who all had honor among thieves. You know, you'd start off, you'd hit one hemorrhage each. Someone would crit. Then everyone has five combo points. Then everyone does a five point eviscerate. At least one of those crits. And then everyone has five combo points. And you're actually just mashing eviscerate. Every global is ridiculous and and very bugged and
3: got very much fixed to not do that anymore.
1: I hear you laughing, Mike
3: uh yes that was what i was going to say but simon got to it first so and i i actually even remember that meta of literally just going into fives with five rogues and just completely destroying everyone because of that bug
1: very good very good yeah, sorry subtle I, back to I, you I can remember
3: the specifics on that but yeah
0: it, it was insane i just remember everybody was just spamming eviscerate like crazy but um Yeah, so Shadow Dance is awesome. Honor Monk Thieves, awesome. Um, Yeah, so Tea just gets all these crazy buffs, and, like, Shadow Dance on its own is just, like, so good. And it's, like, fun, because, like, it opens up all these possibilities, like, uh, like sapping people without actually going into stealth, and it it opens up so many different PvP plays.
1: Um, I must admit, I am seeing Shadow Dance for the first time now, and... Mike knows that I have had some colourful words to say about rogues in the past. I am not a fan of rogues. And I see that talent, and I'm not going to lie, it makes me angry and shit my pants all at the same time. (laughs) Um, I fucking hate you guys with a passion. Uh, You know, Shadow Step was bad enough, and now Shadow Dance comes along, and I'm like, I, I relish killing rogues in PvP. But now having to deal with this, I'm like, you fucking pricks. Tell me, uh, I'll throw it to you other guys, uh, Simon and Mike. You know, 10 out of 10s all round from subtle there, and absolutely not a negative in the subtlety tree. Do you guys agree or or disagree? How would you personally review this tree? First in best dress, guys.
3: Uh, I would um... definitely. Go Uh, ahead. Sorry, I knew that would happen. I said you I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Simon. Go ahead.
2: Okay, fine. Okay, fine um i i've seen you know ridiculous shadow dance combos of you know opening up on people with just like back to back ambushes and you you know you're backed up with you know being able to refresh cheap shot whenever you want to uh, you know do your kidney shots the ambush does so much damage it's ridiculous it it does too much i dare i say too much damage and with that talent right above shadow dance Slaughter from Shadows, you're reducing the energy cost of your ambush from 60 down to 40, which makes it much, much more able to just throw these back-to-back-to-back ambushes during your Shadow Dance. Because the Shadow Dance only lasts so long. You're only going to have so much energy available there. But, you know, you're still going to cast three, four, maybe, uh, probably maybe four ambushes, plus, you know, your crowd control abilities like uh, a kidney shot or whatever, and just just dumpster people. Oh, man. All, all I could say is I wish it was stronger. This whole tree was a bit stronger in a raiding environment, but then maybe, maybe that's asking for a little bit too much. I just really want to be able to raid with cheat death so I can, you know, stand in boss mechanics that would kill me instead of having to do them. I, I wish I could, you know, be competitive and have cheat death in a raid.
0: Hey, all play right. prop, Alia, if you want to uh, <laughs> cheat death in a raid. Yeah,
3: Fuck Defender. Fucking prop paladins overpowered fuck our defender <laughs> I, I, have, I have Josh has Josh has a vendetta with fucking rogues I have a vendetta with fucking prop paladins yes. oh shit
1: yes <laughs> alright Mike bring us on home look are we truly Is as Kevin just pulled off a flawless victory with subtlety
3: ah uh, yeah I think subtlety is amazing and I you know I have some experience with PvPing as a rogue and Wrath just uh, uh, definitely not as much as subtle but Shadow Dance, the skill cap for playing a rogue was already high. It gets even higher with Shadow Dance. The Just the amount... We were already the masters of control and now we become the gods of control. Uh, I was going to say, though, Mike, to,
1: to, to pull damage. you off on a tangent on it, like, I, I do... I know this is a silly thing to say. You guys are all great players, but I stare at that as a fucking average player and I'm like, oh, scratching my head going, when do I prioritize this thing? How do I weave this in? Like, I feel like this will really separate the use of this talent will really separate the good pvp is from the fucking idiots who don't know what they're doing
3: oh absolutely the skill cap of a subtlety rogue in arenas is, is going to be absolutely extreme with shadow dance the the we're going to see some like there's going to be some crazy clips and plays in wrath classic of rogues with shadow dance and i am i will be there for every second of the entertainment
1: <laughs> yeah, that
0: will be the that climax. Run is the most fun I've had in PvP on any class. It it just makes the game so fun. And one like little like nuance that also adds like a bit of skill to it is when you're using shout dance, you're outside of stealth, but you can use stealth abilities. So when it when you use shout dance, it changes your bar, and you have to set up a bar that makes sense to both be using you know stealth abilities and out of self abilities, which isn't something Rogers have had to deal with before. So the way you set up your shadow dance bar is actually a big part of like being good at playing shadow dance. Like having a bar that actually makes sense and is going to allow you to do all the things you
1: want to do. Well just to finish up on this, Simon Eyes, if I can throw it to you, I'm a little bit confused because, you know, obviously I might have framed the question wrong earlier, but Like I said, I feel like the overwhelming feedback on rogues is TBC is when you are gods. And like people, yeah, rogues are amazing in Wrath, don't get me wrong, but I I feel like people don't gush over the, the Wrath PvP rogue in the same vein that they do the TBC PvP rogue. But we're sitting here just absolutely losing our minds over Shadow Dance. And so I'm sitting here scratching my head going, well, hang on, why aren't PvP rogues considered the god mode?
2: Uh, I, I'd imagine that has more to do with other classes getting buffed and being more competitive right, right. than it does with the rogue individually, like comparatively, you're probably not as strong. I mean, you, you never have war glaives of Azanoth in wrath to, you know, just a, an insanely powerful weapon. That's, you know, perfectly itemized for your rogue to just dumpster everyone you come across. Um, uh, so, so maybe, maybe that's a little bit of it. And uh, I think may- mainly the other classes being buffed as well to be kind of brought up at least closer to the level of rogue.
1: Yeah. Very good. No, well said, mate. Mike, we'll throw in a listener question. I'll direct this one to you. Uh, this is Ryan again, asking the following. This might've been attached to his last question, but I think they might be separate. Mike, why should I invest in a rogue's armor penetration gear in all you are when I can just invest in a warrior?
3: That is a very good question. Um, and I would have to say that a rogue, uh, specifically compared compared to a warrior, we have uh we have more uh, abilities to to actually just straight up survive than a warrior. A lot of people for uh even a lot of like rogue beings forget, uh with Wrath a a lot more uh there's a lot more raid-wide damage from a lot of encounters in Wrath and for, and for some reason, um, rank eight faint uh, get, gives you an ability that says you take fifty percent less damage uh, from all from all AOE damage. We also have we also just have it, it just insane insane cooldowns for just speed cl- speed clearing through trash, killing stacking blade fury and killing spree and adrenaline rush. Uh, adrenaline rush gets put put down to three minutes. Killing spree and blade Furrier are both at two minute cooldowns with phantom knives. The ability we we the the plague field for just cleaving through trash compared to warrior gets completely leveled, and we are able to just you know uh, just stay with the best of them for AOE in wrath. Uh, not to mention that we have uh that rogues scale with gear just as well as warriors, but we start off. But we're like we're even stronger than they are in you know, even in the first two uh, tiers of the raids, just because the the way our class works. We're we're just gonna do more damage than warriors at the beginning of the, the expansion.
1: Very for- good. Very good. You other two guys, anything that Mike hasn't mentioned or anything you want to emphasize there on why give gear to a rogue instead of a warrior?
0: Uh just on the topic of like the faint. It allows you to, like, just ignore certain mechanics, which is insane. Like, things that, like, a warrior might have to get out of melee range for. A rogue can just sit there, pop faint, take half damage, and be totally fine. So, that's obviously going to be a huge DPS increase for situations where it allows you to not have to go out of melee range. And, yeah, I'm not super keyed in on, like, how warriors perform versus rogues in, like, Old War tier, but... I know later on rogues can definitely outperform warriors, but warriors are still like way up there.
2: Yeah. Um, like what Mike said, the rogues have so many abilities to just take less damage while you're cleaving through a dungeon's trash. Um, and you can see it in logs of TBC raids as well. I mean, you see in, in TBC, you see the warriors doing more damage, but also taking considerably more damage than a rogue does uh, throughout a raid. And, you know, in, in Wrath, we have, we have the damage at the very least equalized, if not in favor of the rogue in, in the earlier stages. Where And the rogue still has the advantage of taking considerably less damage. So when you stack up warriors in a raid to try to cleave down raids, you have to bring more healing. You have to have more healing throughput to keep them alive. It costs the raid more. Um Compared to a class like Rogue that has all these good defensive abilities and, you know, the the capability to just take less damage.
1: Very good. Guys, let's move on to the combat tree. We'll come back to those uh, final couple of listener questions sitting there in the chat after this one. Uh, Guys, I will again open this one up to the floor. Yell out if you feel confident in answering this, but you know the drill by now. Kevin is sitting there all, uh, you know, wide eyed in front of you, waiting for your either praise or wrath in regards to the combat tree. Review him. How did he do? Pros and cons of the combat tree. His job's on the line, guys.
0: Uh, Killing Spree is dope. I'll, I'll say that. Um, like, it it can get you in trouble, though. You got to watch out for it on a few things. Um, I can't remember the boss's name, but in Olduar, after you. Finish like uh, the XT area. There's that guy you kill him. He becomes a bridge. Can't remember his name, but Cole, Cole garden Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's still the case, but there was a time when if you killing spree him, you would just like fall off a cliff and die. So there's weird things like that that you have to watch out for. But overall, killing spree is awesome. Stack with, stack it with blade flurry. You do just insane damage, and uh, you can also you're like immune to a cc obviously when you use it so you can like time it with uh, certain cc's to like just immune them so that's also a pretty awesome
1: use very good the one thing i'll say before you other two get in i have very 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 few memories from wow back in the day simon eyes if you weren't aware if you if you've uh just to give you a bit of background on me i was a rogue from day one vanilla tbc wrath i quit at the start of cataclysm i never i'm a weird guy man i never had another alt i literally played this one character the whole freaking time and actually my listeners don't know this i've never added this detail in I was combat the whole time. I never tried another spec. I was a combat rogue 100% of my experience with WoW 15 years ago. And I, like I said, I have very few memories of Wrath, but I remember really enjoying hitting that Killing Spree button. It was a really fun ability to press. And, you know, what do we play these games for, if not fun? And you have to make specs and abilities enjoyable and get that dopamine hit into you. And I like using this. It looks cool. It has out, uh, you know, throughput. It's really, really good. So I personally do commend Kevin on kill, Killing Spree as well. But, uh, you know, to open it up, Simon Eyes, I, will throw it to your way. Um you know, pros and cons, again, be as harsh as, as, harsh as you want or throw as much love t- towards the tree as you want. Combat, talk to us.
2: Yeah, I think combat's doing basically the same thing it did in TBC, just better. I mean, the, the whole stick of putting out a large amount of damage as combat was stacking up, you know, as much as you could into your Blade Flurry that was doubling your damage output when you're hitting two targets. And now now we've got Killing Spree to do on top of our blade flurry in addition to our adrenaline rush, in addition to our, you know, potion of speed, in addition to our, you know, whatever trinket activation you've got. And the, the whole fun of combat is you just completely pop off when you line up that good blade flurry with your adrenaline rush, now with your killings, and you do so much damage. Oh, it's very fun. Your n- screen is covered in numbers. And, I mean, there's plenty of trash pulls. Like, even now when I do it, you know, I'll have double the damage of the next person on on the meter for that trash pool where I where I just slaughtered with my cooldowns. Then the next one, you know, you're you're a little 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 worse when you when you don't have all of those. But you know, don't, don't worry, we can have fun every two minutes. And then, you know, killing spree is great. You know, you press it, you, your character goes kind of dark, like a like when you use cloak of shadows, and you, you're jumping around the battlefield. You're teleporting every half second. Boom! 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 uh deal and damn
3: oh it's great it's great
1: very good mike bring us home
3: uh i i will have to say i i think just i i think killing spree is great i i agree with both of those gents um but i i actually like what they did more to the assassination tree than what they did to the combat tree a, lo- a lot of the abilities are just generic like you know increase your damage you know that's fine what I really like to me is that they took some of the weapon specializations in the combat and they and they bunched them together to really to like help you consolidate with like making um, with making your specs like they they put fists and daggers together. They put swords and axes. Yes. How many I wonder how many people forget that rogues can in fact use axes in in, uh, in Wrath of the Lich King.
1: Right. Um, so basically you're saying combat is like the cheese pizza of talent trees. I mean, it's fine and all, but at the end of the day it's just a fucking cheese pizza.
3: Uh yeah, I would say so. I I you know, it's it's really good and it's exactly what Simon and I said, it's pretty much doing the same thing it was in TBC. Uh another thing, Sav- I really like Savage Combat. It's giving the rogue more utility. Uh, so basically what Savage comet is, do you know how uh, arms warriors basically uh, increase the, the physical damage of everyone in the raid?
1: Of they course, gave that cross well. Who do you think you're talking to?
3: <laughs> All right I don't know well so they basically gave this they basically gave the same debuff that arms warriors have in TBC to a rogue to basically to, to help give a rogue more raid utility now. So if so, you have that choice. Do you want to bring an arms warrior? or Do you want to bring a combat rogue? Even in tier seven, even though assassination is is good, you have a reason to bring you know an assassination rogue and a combat rogue because you have that master poisoner and you have that savage savage combat for the utility for your raid.
1: Very good, very good. Maybe we need to, Mike. Maybe we need to introduce a uh, a sliding scale of like pizza ratings for talent trees. I think oh, we should God. make this a thing. Like, what's oh, what, what's the Hawaiian pizza of the talent trees in Wrath, and what's what's the pepperoni exactly? You know, the the, the face that Simon eyes made was what I was going for. Is uh, we'll we'll have to think of that <laughs> another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! All right, look, guys. Um, We'll, we'll finish up on combat there. But, I mean, as I alluded to at the top of the episode as well, and, and you guys mentioned, um, what well, there is a chance basically that, that combat might be something that you veer towards towards the end of the expansion. Is that right, Mike?
3: Uh, yes, but I will actually also say because uh, depending on how much they buff, like, Naxx, um, because we all know that 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 Nax in, in retail wrath is incredibly easy. And I don't I in my opinion personally, it will we'll have to see in the beta how much they buff it. But if you're like a speed run guild or uh, or if fights are short enough, I actually think combat may be better than assassination for just for just cleaving just to get just to get through the raid and do more overall damage, just to cleave just cleave through the trash faster and just have your cooldowns for each boss fight if if the fights are that short enough. I actually think combat will be very very competitive in that for in the first tier of raids.
1: Very good. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with what Mike
3: said that um
2: I think uh, back in the day and a lot on private servers, a lot of the competitive meta was just around the boss parsing and a lot the private servers too had a lot of buffed bosses, you know, higher health, longer fights. Um the they my impression is they didn't care so much about the overall damage dealt in a raid. They didn't care about damage dealt to trash. And the I think the real strength of combat is that they have better multi-target damage. Those cooldowns are going to be more valuable when you're going from pack to pack to pack, You know, able to press the cooldowns when you're in combat and let that cooldown tick down while you're out of combat, not dealing damage anyways. I think there's, there's no question that Assassination's got higher sustained single-target damage. But I think, you know... Combat potentially has enough utility to be a a perfectly viable, maybe even desirable spec, especially in a speedrunning setting even early in Wrath of Lich King.
1: Very good, very good. Guys, I'll throw in a, a listener question here um, and I'll weave in this one because uh, it might be relatively similar to the question that I had next for you. So we've done the talent trees. Thank you so much. You guys are absolutely smashing it. Um, this one's from movies and anyone jump in that feels that they're confident with this one. What wrath mechanics will be cheesed by Vanish slash Cloak, etc etc. et cetera? Et cetera?
0: Uh, Professor said on his uh, phase changes. That's the one, main one I remember you could vanish like he throws like a potion on the ground and it stuns like your whole raid but rogues could just vanish and vanish the stun and you could just dps him the whole time during his transition when everybody else in your raid is just stunned sitting there so (laughs) that's the main one i remember but there's probably a bunch more
1: any others from memory guys
3: uh, I'm not sure whether or not because we'll, we're going back to Naxxramas. I know I remember in Vanilla Classic you were able to va- you were able to if you timed vanish perfectly to hit my his web spray. I'm not sure whether or not we'll be able to do that in Wrath again, but that's definitely one that I remember. But I, I don't remember exactly. You know, just completely ignoring certain mechanics in Wrath with Rogue. You, you definitely will use that stuff to take way less damage. Uh, but good. off the top of my head, I can't. I don't. I don't really remember a lot. No, with just just completely good. Ignoring stuff.
1: I see Simon with, and I uh, supporting many of your points, man
0: should be a lot easier too um with the immune from killing spree even though we have like batching now that makes like vanishing a little bit harder that's true
1: okay i was gonna say i see simon eyes applauding many of your points you're raising mike simon eyes mike is a fan of yours so i'm sure he appreciates it um anything (laughs) else you've got to add to that simon
2: yeah so uh vanish is one of the uh most broken abilities i've ever encountered in world of warcraft it gives the rogue some kind of super immunity for just a fraction of a second. And and if you know how to time it, you can mitigate just about any boss ability that occurs instantaneously. You know, like if the boss drops down a pile of slime on the floor and someone's standing and it takes damage, that's not what we're talking about. But anything that's going to deal a a large stun to you, you know, you just vanish right as it gets applied. A, A huge burst of damage like Saffron's Frost Bomb if you're really confident in your vanish, you don't have to hide behind an ice block. You can just sit there, continue DPSing for an extra couple of seconds, and time that vanish just right. Um, and, and of course, Cloak of Shadows, I, I, I'm not going to have any specifics for you that I can come to mind, but you know, between Cloak and Vanish, uh, you, you have so much opportunity to just cheese boss mechanics and, and time your vanish just right to be immune to any kind of crowd control the boss is doing
1: Plus. i hate cloak of shadow so much i hate you guys so much I, I can complain less as a prot paladin with bubble these days but i'm still like ugh, you bastards all right next question um this is a pretty intense one so listen up guys and if you need a moment to answer i understand so here we go chingla asked the following with dual specs added in wrath Will rogues be able to respec into subtlety and use premeditation along with improved slice and dice while having the tier 6 two-piece bonus equipped during a boss pull countdown and then respec and equip back into assassination build right before the boss pull? That one kind of blows my brain. Simon's putting his hand up. Please go for it, mate.
2: So this is something a lot of people were asking and waiting to see if this would work. Um, And now that we have the beta, we've been able to do some testing. Um, Currently, when you change your spec with dual spec, it does not remove your existing personally applied buffs. Um, It it maybe should, but doesn't right now. So yes, you can switch to subtlety, um, uh, use premeditation, Use your, your slice and dice, then switch back to assassination. Uh, sorry, w- with that tier six bonus as well, um, and this is something that only the the assassination rose can do. Because if you just try to like if you're combat and you try to do this, you switch from subtlety to combat, and you recast a slice and dice. Once you don't have that tier six set equipped anymore, uh, it, it it reverts down to its you know baseline forty percent haste instead of the forty five. The Assassination Rogue is special because they have that cut-to-the-chase talent. When you when you refresh the duration of Slice and Dice with cut-to-the-chase, it's not casting a new one. It's just bumping that duration back up. So if you can keep that same Slice and Dice rolling the entire fight, you're going to be able to benefit from that 5% haste. Now, even if they change dual spec to not... Um, keep your buffs, your personally applied buffs, like say you do subtlety, you do your premeditation, your slice and dice, and then you dual spec over back to your assassination. Um, If they make that remove your slice and dice, there's still potential to abuse this tier six two-piece bonus that increases the haste of your slice and dice by 5%, for for those that don't know. This is a very big deal, 5% haste. Um, If you can, say, summon a... Dig rat, which is a weird item out of barons that you can attack. You know, you could summon it, cheap shot it, slice and dice, and then move quickly to the boss. Uh, You know, you'll drop combat after killing the dig rat, move to the boss, cut to the chase to refresh it. Or maybe you have like a warlock, summon an infernal, let it go hostile, have something you can attack, build combo points on, slice and dice, then move quickly to the boss, uh, unequipping your slice and dice, or sorry, your, your tier six between putting up the slice and dice and the boss. So you don't even need the dual spec to work the way it currently does to be able to cheese this, uh, tier six, uh, two-piece bonus, um, right now.
1: Very, very interesting. Hey, before I ask the follow-up question to that subtle, are you, I know you've got to go soon. Are you okay for a few more minutes or how are we looking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It can keep going. Beautiful. Later.
1: Beautiful. Um, look, Simon, and I just to, to keep you going for, for a quick burst after that, you know, I, I sort of sit here and I think to myself, um, you know, all this wild and wacky testing that no doubt is going on, on the wrath beta at the moment. Um, you know, I, I hear a question like that. I hear your answer. And I sort of sit here and wonder, you know, is, is it basically working as intended and, and even if it is working as intended, um, is it something that kind of <clears throat> should be a thing in a weird way? Is it, is it weirdly OP? And, and I'd ask you to sort of like tread, I, I say this tongue in cheek, mate, tread carefully with your answer because you know several members of the classic team do listen to this podcast and so people demonize me for asking questions the things that they don't want nerfed that we talk about on the show and they're like josh don't put fucking ideas in their head blah 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 so yeah general question like is it do you think it's fine and not a problem or is a little bit of a like oh i don't know if we should be able to do that
2: um i'm gonna be (laughs) crucified too (laughs) um I think it's kind of obnoxious, and the power level of doing this is high high enough that if it's possible, specifically talking about any way to bring the tier 6 two-piece bonus with you into a fight without having to keep the tier 6 equipped, that's what I'm talking about. Um, the power level of doing that is is high enough that I think if it's possible, people will do it, but at the same time, it requires kind of obnoxious setup and this kind of sounds to me like the gnomish battle chicken
1: yeah i was gonna raise that absolutely we
2: figured out how to guarantee proc a gnomish battle chicken so before every boss people would like pull a trash pack and do all this jujitsu with getting hit and summoning their chicken and whatever And, and people were largely just like annoyed by that um so like I think the problem with it is not so much that it's powerful, but that it's annoying to set up. Um, Hmm. So like either nerf it, make it not possible, or change it in a way that makes the setup easy so you don't delay the raid to set up this buff.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Subtle, Mike, um, tell me if you want to weigh in on this at all. What did you think of everything that you just heard?
3: Uh, I think Simon. Oh, Simon nailed it perfectly, And I, I absolutely want nothing to do with that. That just sounds just fucking tedious as shit to me. And that, it's not the reason I play the class. I Get get rid of that shit. I don't think it's very, really hard to say for me.
1: Okay, Subtle?
0: Uh, I mean, Warriors have been doing that, like all of TPC, with the Solarian gem and the tier two bonus for Battle Shout. So that seems like the better analogy to me than the Battle Chicken. But I mean... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That that seems like it would be pretty annoying doing that before every single boss. But I mean, warriors have been doing essentially the same thing with old gear. So I don't know. They haven't fixed that one, so I'm okay. not sure if they'll fix this.
1: Very good, uh Simon. We've got uh, Rookie of the Year from last week's show, Ryan, saying to you, Rookie of the Year for this week's show. You're doing so well, mate. You can bet if Blizzard doesn't fix this, that Kira will remove it on the logs. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh. Uh, I I don't know the mind of Kira. Uh, I have to say, um, uh, but what I would guess is that it might be really hard to detect because I don't think it gives a different spell ID for the slice and dice. I don't think I'm not sure, but uh, it might be a very difficult thing for Warcraft Logs to detect whether or not your slice and dice is like pre buffed with um tier six, you know, two piece bonus, what maybe they could detect is like, did you walk into the fight with slice and dice, but you know, that, that could disqualify a log that was, you know, just carrying a slice and dice from the last fight. And then you wouldn't want that either.
1: All right. Very good guys. We're getting on the, the, the home stretch now we're very close to ending. Um, you know, someone did ask about the professions. It's one of those things that obviously if you jump on YouTube, there's a million profession guides out there right now, Everyone is saying the same thing, you know, uh, JCNG, JCNG, JCNG for every bloody class. I know there's a little bit more nuance to it, but, you know, for the most part, we hear this so much outside of, you know, more, I'm not going to ask you, what should you take as a rogue? I just kind of want to hear you guys freeform jazz. I mean, is anyone going to surprise me? What are you guys taking as professions in Wrath? Simon, I'll start with you.
2: I ain't taking jewel crafting. that's for sure. I mean, it's very strong, but it's boring and lame. Um, nice in my humble opinion um i i'm gonna be setting up with engineering and tailoring if we don't see any substantial changes from what's on the beta right now so the the tailoring that you want is the sword guard embroidery cloak enchant that gives you a, a proc buff that gives you 400 attack power for 15 seconds it's like a 20 percent chance to proc so it's very consistent like when it's up it's going to trigger and then a 55 second internal cooldown um I think the strength of combat is, you know, in these uh, speed run situations, trash damage, cooldowns, and having an extra proc of 400 attack power that I, I know when it's going to come up, essentially, um, is, is just going to allow me to, I think I'm going to be able to juice more value out of that proc than a, like, spreadsheet or gear analysis tool would suggest that assumes, you know, 100% uptime um, in, in a fight, whereas, like, throughout an actual raid you got uptime downtime uptime downtime where you know during the downtime your cooldown on your cloak chance ticking down and then like i know it's gonna proc and i can stack all my cooldowns into it so i'm excited to play with engineering plus tailoring
1: all right subtle you made a shocked face when simon just said he's ditching jc mate talk to me what about you what do you have to say about that
0: Oh, I mean, I'm not super, he's the guy who knows all the cutting edge stuff. I was really surprised to hear about the tailoring because back in the day, at least we were always NGJC, but, um, I do have a question for you though. Like later in the expansion, when we're gemming armor pen, um, will you be going out of tailoring or are you thinking of sticking with it the entire time?
2: Uh, I'm thinking of sticking with it the entire time. My best estimates, uh, for, for the folks in the audience that don't know, my my thing for Classic TBC and Wrath has been that I've built a spreadsheet, a gear analysis tool for rogues, and I, I do my best to make it as accurate as I can. And uh, my spreadsheet, you know, with this 100% uptime assumption, shows very little difference between tailoring and jewel crafting, like a, a, a small fraction of a percent difference. So that makes me think that, you know, in practice, If I can get even like five or 10% more value out of tailoring than the spreadsheet suggests, I'm probably ahead and it's just more fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I I love that you're doing something like people weren't really thinking about before. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I mean, like, pretty much everybody's going, you know, NGJC. So it's cool to mix it up like that, especially with like an interesting proc where, you know, you time it with your CDs. It's a little more fun than just having like better gems or extra gem sockets or whatever. But yeah, yeah, NG on Rogue, I think like you got to have that. Um, I mean, Rocket Boots, we talked about before how strong movement speed is. Uh, You got the haste and chant on the gloves. If you're a PvP Rogue, you got the uh, mounted uh, rocket cannon whatever it's called um that's key for like getting kills uh you combo that with like your shadow dance you use it as like a finisher kind of thing it can also uh kill grounding totems which can be huge for like casters on your team if you're running like rls or something like that uh so yeah uh, ng is just like probably the most fun profession of like any expansion in wrath like it just gets so many things it's hard to not take it
1: yeah, Mike. I'll throw it to you. Are you going to be on Team Cool Kids and join the anti-meta with me and be double gathering? Come on, man.
3: uh, uh no. S- sadly, <laughs> Josh, uh, I I am more of a mid maxer, but I, I actually uh, I have to pretty much echo Simon that I actually really a- enjoy tailoring and just the proc of that extra power. Just lining up all lining up all of your cooldowns, especially if you're combat. If, if you know, if you get you know. Uh your berserking procs, your 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 embroidery proc, pop all your cooldowns, get your trinket procs. It li- lining everything up when you're DPSing is just infinitely more fun than to me than just getting these flat stat bonuses. It's it's just the it's just the chef's kiss of DPSing as a rogue.
1: Very good. Well fine. I'll leave myself to my own devices. I'll be picking many a flower and having a wonderful time, Mike. You know, I'll. You, I know how to have a good time. Don't worry. All you other guys think you're having fun with your fucking JC and your NG and your tailoring. Please come on. No. Um, uh, also, uh,
2: not thing's for not, sure. not,
3: you're gonna have a hell of a lot more gold than us. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, not to mention, I actually think tailoring is gonna be easier to level. Uh, maybe on like established servers versus the fresh servers, just because of the nature of just like cloth versus jewel. Ju- versus like the gems, I think jewel crafting to level up is going to be really, really expensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's actually the one thing that's... Look, I, I joke, but like I'm... North's trying to convince me to, to drop the double gathering thing and just go with mining and NG. And look, there's there's a 50-50 chance I'll do it at this point. I really need to try... I've never engineered really seriously before. I need to try it out in the Wrath beta if I, if I eventually get in. Um, if I do fall in love with it in the beta, then yeah, sure, I'll probably give it a go in Wrath. But if for some reason it doesn't happen, like, oh, I've got no drama with doing the weird double gathering thing. But, um, you know, I do completely understand what I'm missing out on. But, you know, you guys know how I play the game. Look, guys... Guys, we'll, we'll somewhat uh, wind it up there. I'll, I'll, I'll just finish off with this. Like, if, Have we not covered anything that you feel is important? Have we left something on the table? Are there any last points you want to say to sell people on the amazing experience that is Rogue in Wrath? Guys, speak now or forever hold your silence.
3: Tricks of the trade. I think we forgot to really hone in on yeah. Tricks of the Trade as is, is one of the new tools for Rogue. Tricks of the trade is so unbelievably cool. And you like what for me pressing it every like you press it like every thirty seconds, but being able to just throw it on the tank at the beginning of any boss fight and just immediately start DPSing compared to any other class is awesome. And then after that, just being able to throw on like trading it with another rogue or another DPS and just give them a a fifteen percent d- damage buff for when you glyph it for ten extra seconds is unbelievable. It's a part of a reason why you bring a rogue to a raid. To give that t- give your to give that main tank that initial threat bump for the damage you're doing and then just being able to just give this huge dps increase every 30 seconds to a dps tricks of the trade is an unbelievable tool for rogues
1: simon you're nodding um, wildly. Was subtle, sorry subtle go to you first man go oh for yeah
0: it. i was just gonna add on to that um so like in icc you get a set bonus that actually makes it not cost energy but give you energy which is amazing and so, it's like it made thistle tea every time you use it. And obviously, the buff itself has incredible benefits. And uh, last week, when I talked about Prop Alley, I was talking about doing heroics in like five minutes and stuff like that. Like, one of the ways you speedrun heroics when you have a rogue with you they have those rocket boots they put tricks of their trade on you they can just rocket boot fan and spam and pull a ton of stuff to you as the tank and that really speeds things up so yeah good rogues can like really amplify tanks well, well subtle um, power you, you and, talked like, about specifically you, you
1: talked about last week on the show and obviously it raised a few eyebrows when you mentioned You play at a higher level when you tackle these heroics. Now, granted, we might get some different hard mode challenges in Wrath, as was was announced the other day after we did that podcast. But you talked about the five to eight minute crazy insane pull train double boss in, you know, crazy heroics that you run. I'm presuming like you're describing maybe that a rogue is a big fucking part of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another thing I didn't mention at the time is we usually run four DPS too. Once you get enough gear, um, you can have like an Ellie Shaman just spot healing you. But other than that, they're just like DPSing. So that's another way you really speed up heroics is, like I said before, nothing really hits you that hard in there. So once you have a decent amount of gear, you can just run four DPS. You don't actually even need like a dedicated healer for heroics. And that's a really key part of running them extremely fast.
1: I, um, I had to laugh. I, I, a long-time listener left a comment, Subtle, about what I presume was that moment on the show when you were talking about the five- to eight-minute heroic runs. Um, and they were like, Josh, you get all these elite players to talk about stuff that the average player simply cannot do. Give more love to the normal player. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Subtle is a WoW robot sent from the future to destroy content. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I saw that. Um, I mean, my goal is always to like try to, you know, help people who might not be as good at the game, like learn some tricks to, you know, improve their play and like hopefully elevate like all prop values to play at, like a higher level. So, I mean, that's my goal at least. All
1: good, all good, man. I know, I feel you. I know what you mean. Look, Simon, I'll, I'll I'll leave you till last, man. You've been nodding along furiously about this tricks of the trade stuff. Hit me.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, so Tricks of the Trades, amazing ability, 30-second cooldown, you know, 6-second default duration, 10-second if you Glyph it. Uh, Subtlety Rogues actually get Filthy Tricks talent that reduces your cooldown on this down to 20 seconds. So there's not a lot of, like, great things about Subtlety Rogues in PvE, but uh, that's one of them, Uh, more frequent use of Tricks of the Trade. This is an amazing ability that has so many different uses uh, and rage utility that... um, a good rogue is going to be able to be such a big influence by using this. Like Subtle said, you know, running ahead with tricks on the tank to pull extra mobs into the group. And also, like, if you're ever fighting something or you have, like, ads coming in on a boss or you, you get some extra pull um, that might might go directly to the healers or casters because the tanks haven't, you know, are, are busy tank and other stuff, the rogue can throw that tricks of the trade on the tank, go over there and pop off on those on those mobs, and, and, you know, not only, you know, deal good damage to them, but help the group so much by helping control the mobs that the group is having to deal with by sending them directly to the tank. And then, you know, when, when you're not managing threat with tricks of the trade, you're giving damage buffs to other classes. And the most recent thing I heard from actually Kira on the Warcraft logs is that they're intending to attribute the bonus damage from tricks of the trade not to the recipient but to the caster of tricks of the Ooh, trade
1: the rogue themselves. that's huge
2: oh <laughs> yeah so this is a big deal because if you attributed the damage of tricks of the trade to the recipient then you'd have this really degenerate parse meta of like yeah. having three or four rogues that just chain tricks of the trade, the same person. So they permanently have this 15% damage buff and 15% is a lot. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be competitive if you didn't do that. And then all the bullshit
1: of people paying for it as well and whatnot.
2: Yup. 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 Whereas if you attribute it to the rogue, it's more about the rogue picking the correct target who will be able to juice the most damage out of that tricks of the trade buff. And it's also Like, it lines up the parsing incentive with what's actually best for the raid as well, because you want the raid's total damage to be the most. So uh, I really hope that Warcraft Logs goes through with this attributing the Tricks of the Trade damage to the caster of Tricks of the Trade so we don't have any of this awful degeneracy.
1: I really, really like that. And and whether you other guys want to say anything about that, let me just say this first. Look, uh, I'm a Final Fantasy 14 player as well, uh, Simon, and I I don't play as much now as I used to, but there was a really big argument in that community about, you know, obviously the notion of, uh, you know, actual DPS in a raid versus what they called raid DPS. And this is along those same lines of actually when you use an ability that buffs another class and gives them extra damage, you know, attributing it to the original party that casted that ability, I'm a big proponent of that. I completely agree with you. I think that it should absolutely factor in to the person that you know gave the buff to the other party in a tactical situation knowing what they know, staring at DPS meters going, well, I'm not going to be stupid enough to give it to the guy who's fucking coming last on the meters. I'm going to give it to this guy. You know, I I really, really like that Warcraft Logs is doing that and I think that it definitely solves a bit of toxicity problems as well. So that's fantastic to hear. Um, you, You other guys, anything on that before we finish up?
3: Yeah, I was going to say I, I'm actually very happy about that. That they're doing that to just incentivizes like you know team play and what being part of a raid really is, and not just uh, not just the parse meta of you know oh I didn't get Tricks of the Trade. I'm never gonna I'm not gonna be the top parser because otherwise, like Tricks of the Trade would probably be like the number one buff for like someone's like excuse for like oh yep I'll never be able to parse as much as this guy. I don't get Tricks of the Trade in my raid
1: yep subtle i can only imagine the bullshit the classic community would get up to if this weren't that way
0: yeah absolutely um i mean that's kind of a no-brainer approach dude i think like uh you gotta factor in hysteria also like if somebody's getting spam tots they're probably also getting spam hysteria as well so that's just gonna further amplify it i assume they would treat hysteria in the same way they would treat tot and i think that's a great move
1: Absolutely. Otherwise, we'd be living in a reality where S fan would be demanding tricks of the trade every fucking second of the raid. Anyway, now that we can say we finished up the podcast, guys, thank you so much. You have been absolutely amazing. Uh, Let me sort of go through everyone individually. Mike, as always, you know, we've loved you on the show for years. We know that you love your rogues. You're so passionate. You were fucking fantastic today. mate. Shout out whoever you want to shout out. Go for it.
3: Uh, I mean, as of course, shout out to you, Josh, for your, for your lovely, amazing podcast. I haven't been on in a while, but you know, it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, shout out, shout out to Simon Eyes. I'm so glad he was able to come on at the last minute. Uh, the, the amount of knowledge you bring to the rogue community and just to the wow community overall to educate people on this class is unbelievable and, uh, props to you
1: absolutely here here mate subtle mate pulling double duty i can't thank you enough putting your hand up for a class that you haven't played for a while but you were fantastic today mate. i love talking to you you know you're always welcome on the show please you know plug what you gotta plug we're about to raid you i think on twitch soon so everyone please check out subtle on twitch as well but mate say your piece
0: yeah thank you for having me again uh this was kind of a last minute thing but I'm definitely looking forward to playing Rogue again in Wrath. I kind of took a break from it and TBC, but I mean, with Shadow Dance coming back, like I gotta get some Rogue Arena in. Like, it's, it's too good, man. But yeah, it was awesome uh, having Simonize on here too. Like, I love his videos. Anytime I need to brush up on something for my Rogue, I always check him out. He he's the best in the business. So yeah, anybody who at, who's planning on playing a Rogue, either main or alt, definitely check out Simonize and fan from blizzard is watching want to give me a little bait invite that'd be awesome <laughs> and uh and anybody else in this call who doesn't have them and, no no you uh, take it before
1: yeah. me mate I, I I, don't i'm useless <laughs> with that shit you you should be getting
0: i mean there. man you had uh brian birmingham on oh Can yeah but cool? i'm i
1: don't i don't, I don't Beta is not for me, trust me. I, I don't like I'm not a tester. I'm not that great with it. It's all I just get on there and kill other streamers. I'm a fucking loser. Like it's fun, you know, yeah. Oh, get
3: Simon Eyes on the beta. This man is the is the math god, the tester. We need him to test everything. Get Simon Eyes on the beta, Blizzard. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I ain't there yet. And
3: uh would be very happy if I woke up
2: tomorrow and had a beta invite here.
1: Absolutely. Well, look, I I mean if i get in i i will um you know i have been known in the past to, to pull some strings to get some people in so we'll see what we can do guys obviously i'm very thankful to my guests and we'll do what i can um but yeah subtle mentioned the the youtube and the twitch channel again
0: yeah sure uh subtle fw on twitch and youtube um uh, right now i'm mostly making tbc prop pally content uh trying to tank bosses with Less tanks than they were designed for, uh, doing some cool solo farms, things like that. Uh, In Wrath, I'm planning on playing some Blood DK, some Prot Warrior, Fury Warrior, dual spec, and definitely some Subtlety Rogue. Possibly going to get into the PvE Rogue too, but for sure some Subtlety Rogue if you want to check out some Shadow Dance PvP.
1: Very good, and yes, as as Buddha Man correctly suggests in Twitch chat, it's definitely me trying to kill other streamers, but winding up getting killed by other streamers. I can assure you of that. Um, but it's all about a bit of fun. Look, Simon Eyes, we'll finish with you, mate. Look, I just want to—I I kind of want to apologize in a weird way. Number one, thank you for for jumping on the show at the last second, but I feel so bad that. Um, I always brag on the show about, oh, I watch so much WoW classic content. I fucking know all the YouTube channels, all the streamers, from the big guy to the little guy. I'm all over it. I do all this research for the show. And like I said, I I I feel so horrible that I only came across your channel last week. I'm glad, obviously, better late than never. But I really enjoyed it and I really have to echo everything that the guys have said. This isn't just lip service. You are clearly well versed with the game and you break it down to a level that i enjoy and my big thing has always been i don't necessarily like bubblegum content i like hearing stuff i can't hear in other places and you certainly do that and i tip my my hat to you sir and say thank you so much for what you do it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you today and getting to know you i, I feel bad. i don't even know if you knew about the show or if you knew anything about what we do here but you jumped in blind regardless and you were phenomenal today made plug whatever you you want to plug shout out whoever you want to shout out thank you so much
2: well josh first i want to say thank you for inviting me onto the show i i've watched countdown to classic before i i knew you know roughly what this was about so when you invited me i was very happy i mean i i had just gone outside for a run and then i then i was in the shower and then i got out and i was like oh geez this is i i'm showing up late to this but i'm happy to be able to make it and and Thank you, all three of you, for for the immense praise you you're giving me. I, I I'm just a guy that likes this game and spends too much time on it. You know,
1: you came highly recommended, <laughs> um, mate. You've clearly got a lot of love in the community.
2: Well, as you said, Josh, you know, like you you only recently found my content. You inviting me on here is very helpful because you know you have a much broader audience than I do. So maybe more people, more rogue enthusiasts will be able to find my content now. So I thank you for that opportunity. Um, if you want to find me on YouTube, that's youtube.com slash C slash Simonize show. And it's the same handle on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash simonize show.
1: Very well said, mate. Everyone, S-I-M-O-N-I-Z-E-S-H-O-W. The links will be in the show notes. Please go check out Simon Eyes. Please go check out Subtle. Please jump in the Countdown Discord and tell Mike exactly what you think of him, this this Sassmeister from Long Island. We love you all, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, and uh, we shall talk to you later. Hang around, guys. I'll, I'll end the recording there. So a couple of weeks ago, some of you might remember some pretty big news about the Firemore server over in Europe, and I wanted to cover this at the time, but just a bunch of scheduling conflicts got in the way, and I didn't quite get to uh, highlight this issue on the show when it was a bit more timely, but... I really was keen to come back to this because I think it's something still worth discussing in the grand scheme of things. And I and, and obviously needed someone who plays on Firemore to tell me all about the Firemore experience and try and talk a bit more to the issues surrounding this server. And so I'm so happy to have us uh, have once again back on the show, um, Arco, how are you, mate? How's things? Oh, sorry, Arcos, I should say
4: yeah hey thanks for having me on again Uh, things are going good
1: i'm glad to hear mate i'm glad to hear look it's early in the morning for you the tables have flipped we're recording at night my time and it's early in the morning for you so now you know how i feel on the podcast most of the time you've got your coffee ready (laughs) and equipped in your offhand slot so let's rock and roll mate look just to let people know, um, before we get into sort of all the news and and your reactions to it, have you been a day one Firemore player?
4: No, for sure not. Um, I intended to be on Firemore uh, on the classic release, but like the queues were, they were insane. Like you had several thousand people in queue for Firemore on day one, day two, day three. Um, I got in a couple of times, leveled to. I don't know, like 10, 15 and, you know, getting home from work, trying to log in, it was just too much of a chore. So I I moved servers and had the same experience on the next server. And so I had to move servers again. Um, But eventually I I found my way back to, to Firemo. Okay. Uh, but the launch experience there was just, it was a complete, complete ghost to fuck.
1: So it was Fire more particularly worse than the other servers? You'll have to refresh my memory if you do happen to know or remember, mate. How many servers did Europe get at the outset? And uh, was Firemore blatantly the, the, the hardest hit on that launch day?
4: I think Europe had fewer servers than NA by like maybe two or three. I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I... I I believe it was just a few less than uh, than Na, um, and Firemo had been one of the earliest ones, um, like uh, introduced by Blizzard with the name change and thing. There was, I think, Firemo, Shasra, and maybe a couple of others for the the name reser- reserves. Um, but the launch experience was, I believe, worst on Firemo and Kehanas. I think those two were the biggest ones, uh, like that first few weeks of Classic. And then, of course, in the I think it was maybe what the first four or five days, Blizzard just kept throwing out new servers because everyone had reserved their names on what like four, maybe five servers, and uh, like people just couldn't get into play. You know, yeah, we, I think we all remember how how that uh, that first <laughs> week was.
1: Absolutely. So tell me. You know sometime down the track tell me about the story with you basically making fire more your home eventually
4: um yeah so my guild uh, in classic by the end of classic we our server was was dying we stuck it out um, we cleared uh, all the content uh, server first there by alliance that was kind of that there was maybe by the end i think uh, when nax came around there were maybe 3 or 4 other alliance guilds raiding the rest had just gone and the Horde completely controlled everything
1: what's the name of your guild sorry mate
4: uh, who pulled that okay and um, so by that time like people weren't really motivated to to play the game much like we just got our world buffs and uh, went to argamar to steal the uh, the the sun sun blessing <laughs> and uh, then we raided and, and people just logged off like there was nothing nothing to do there were no people to play with and uh, everywhere you went there were just horde uh, players and um, so yeah eventually we we wound up on on firemo and uh, we've been there for a while now and uh, it's just it's a completely different world
1: mm. um, so w- around was it late in classic when you made the switch what date are we talking
4: no it was uh, we had already been to to mograine we went to MoGrain by the end of classic because we felt there was a quite a large server it it was a little bit smaller than firemo at the time and uh, we we th- we thought that was like the server that out of the possibilities it was the one that had the the, the most chances to survive uh, apart from Gehenna's and Firemoor. but then of course uh, i think phase 1 class, uh, phase 1 of tpc by the end of phase 1 um, a couple of guilds left and then just like, the population went from about 5000 raiders to i think 500 1000 maybe in uh, in the span of a couple of weeks and so we just made a judgment call to 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 get, get into Firemore as well before it got locked.
1: Okay, um, so mate, obviously you you just highlighted there the reason we're having this call. In recent news, Firemore was locked off by Blizzard, and and this is something that you know speaks to the server issues that Blizzard has battled throughout the lifetime of the classic franchise. Sort of, we've we've referred to it as as um you know whether you refer to it as mismanagement or or definitely you know many players experiencing you know very odd times on their server whether we're talking about drastically lopsided faction balances or just ridiculously large servers or ridiculously small servers um firemore it came to the forefront of you know public knowledge some time ago that firemore was exploding out of control to a certain extent and you know warcraft logs uh Started recording numbers of over thirty thousand raiders submitting logs on Firemore, which is—you'll uh, have to correct me if I'm wrong on this one—but I think it's about twice as many as, as you know the second highest server. Um, there might be, you know, a Benediction or or, or whatever with twenty thousand people on it or eighteen thousand people on it, but Firemore sitting there with thirty thousand or thirty-one or thirty-two, whatever it got to, just absolutely ridiculous proportions you know i i i am, can't wait to talk to you about this because i am just trying to describe the 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 thoughts that wash over me when i think of thirty thousand plus players on a classic server it just boggles my mind but anyway that was the news that blizzard finally after many calls stepped in and said enough was enough they closed the gate all of europe that was trying to get on fire more was stopped from doing so probably for the best i think it's fair to say um tell me before we get to that news portion because i want to get your reaction to what blizzard has done and what you think that will mean for the future of the server when you migrated over to firemore just give me the the explanation of how different you felt this server was and was it obvious from the start that this was already a ridiculously populated server
4: Yeah, I mean um, the the first time you log in uh, on Firemo, if you've been playing on a, on a relatively small or, or maybe a middle middle-sized server, the the sheer amount of people just around you like there's currently there's four layers, but on every one like it doesn't really matter where you go, there's there's a bunch of people everywhere. Um, the the looking for group, the trade. The trade chat, the general chat, the world chat—like it's just, it, it, it's, it's insane. The rate. I, of, just, uh, to, just a pause you there
1: on that one. I literally about fifteen minutes ago, mate, just saw Willie's latest video, and he showed about a you know ten to twelve second clip of an example of how the you know slash for looking for group chat looks on fire more, and. It's worse than I even could have guessed. It is unreadable. It's ridiculous. Uh,
4: it's like watching a computer code, you know, just uh, jump around on the screen. Like, there's if if you, for some reason, uh, like if you're looking at the chat uh, window and uh, you, for some reason you see like um, MGT heroic or, and that's what you're looking for, like there's no way you're finding that message again. Like, it, it moves so fast. Like, if you you can't use the the chat window like if you don't have looking for group bulletin like you're not finding groups like it's it's impossible to to filter out the messages without the help of of an add-on um so yeah yeah that's you see that immediately and like our guild had the experience of being you know the biggest alliance guild on our original server and like having like very good relationships with with everyone else there and then we moved to a slightly larger server and we had you know good relationship there and then you come to Firemon it's like i don't know how to put it into context but it's like moving from a from a small town to a huge city like you know it's yeah well i could absolutely I imagine
1: you know it's to use the kind of the, the fantasy analogy you know it, it it feels like i guess i should use like a a game of thrones analogy i guess people would get you know you think of the small the fantasy village or the hovel or whatever like um you know oh fuck i'm i'm ruining this already what's uh, winterfell is it winterfell in game of thrones mm. um where the starks yeah, are from weird. you know everyone everyone knows each other what a lovely little place this is great you can be a big fish in a little pond and then compared, obviously, when you get to something like a King's Landing where this true fantasy city where fucking no one really knows anyone, everyone is just an anonymous face bustling by each other in the street. You know, that's how I imagine Firemore. And it's funny, mate, because I really want to press you a little bit more on this. I just had um, a podcast call this morning for Snow's podcast with Snow and Zyrene for their, their show Prepared. And, um, you know, I asked Zyrene, who plays on a US mega server, you know, Do you, in all honesty, um, still have people carving out identities and a reputation on your mega server? And he said, yes, you know, there are players that I definitely know and recognize, and I know where generally I can find them at a given time of the day. There are known quantities and, you know, quote unquote, celebrity players on this server. It is still a possibility. So that's all great. I would throw the same question at you, mate, and say, on Firemore, is that still a possibility? Are there players that have carved out a name for themselves or are there reputations to be gained or is it absolutely you're just a fucking anonymous face in a ridiculously large stadium crowd?
4: I think, um, it's very relative, I think. Uh, and it depends really on how, how, how people play. But I think for most people, no, um, for most people, um, if you're doing dungeons, if you're doing ten-man raids, you might, of course, you might come across a player that uh, you know saves the raid from a wipe, or you know a tank in your five-man that performs really well, and you're like, hey, I'd I'd love to to have this guy in my group again," and you'll you'll add them to your friends lists, for example. Um, but for myself, it's it's mostly guild related. You know, if I if I play with some people and I see like a couple of people in my Sulaman run, they're from the same guild and they perform really well, then I'll remember the guild name much more than the player names. Um, and I'll know, like, I know that in this guild, there are some people that know how to press their buttons. Um, like the the classic vanilla style where, you know, one player on a server or like a handful of players on a server are known to be, you know, really good or, or like you, that you play with. Um, those days are just gone on firemore like there's it's really tough but of course you have you know the streamers and the speedrunners and the you know skills uh, you know those types and of course they'll have uh, players that are known and uh, have a very good rep- reputation um, but i think for the for, for the layman out there it's it's not the not the case anymore
1: can i ask how have you personally felt about that mate again before we get to the news of firemore being locked off just you know during these experiences up to this point you know recently with the news um when you describe it like you know it is hard to become a known quantity and whatnot and it feels very different to how it did back in the day how do you like that in 2022 because so many people playing world of warcraft classic have signed on to you know, they've subscribed to this mega server theory. They're on board. They love it. The majority of players just quite frankly do love it. That's why they've migrated in the way that they have. They've forged these mega servers kind of of their own doing. Now, personally, mate, just to add in, it's funny because I'm not doing this just to, you know, be that guy and buck against the trends to be a fucking, you know, anti-establishment kind of dude. But I've recently re-rolled and purposefully moved to a small server. Um, I've gone to a medium pop server. We only have, you know, three or four choices or whatever in Oceania. I was playing the last two years on our mega server, which was pretty bloody big, to be honest with you. You know, not as big as as Firemore, obviously. But, you know, in its heyday, it was a 20,000 strong server. It's now come down to about a 10,000 strong server in terms of raid logs. But I've actively walked away from that huge, you know, uh, uh, oceanic community. All my friends on that server, and I've said, I've said, nay, I'm sick of this. I want to go to where I'm still chasing the dragon of a server that feels like a vanilla server, and I found one, and I'm very happy there now. On you know the little brother server where there's only five thousand raiders, and I've gone with the alliance where we're only forty percent of the population. So there's only 2,000 Alliance and 3,000 Horde. I've, I think I've found paradise. I, I absolutely love it. It feels like 2007 all over again, but I'm doing the opposite of what all the other players want to do these days because everyone is saying, Josh, how could you do that? What about the auction house? What about getting dungeon groups? What about finding a raid? All of this stuff. How could you? I'm okay with it, but I'm a different player to everyone else. How do you feel about it? in this day and age?
4: Um, I think it really depends on, on the players because I feel like most of the people that like many of the people at least that went to fire went for that security. Like the the risk of your server dying and the risk of you transferring somewhere and then the server dying and you being transfer locked on a on a server that at least your faction is is gone. It doesn't feel like that's going to happen to Firemo at any point. So, if you are there, then you you feel relatively safe that your like game experience is going to be there, no matter whenever. Like if you take a break for three months, the service the service is still going to be there. Uh, but regarding the the size. Um, like our original server back in uh, in the first weeks of of classic had uh, about an 1800 1900 uh, population alliance and like, for me that was it was perfect like that kind of size of a server maybe 4000 5000 total and you know split 50 50 60 40 whatever but that kind of range of uh, 1800 to maybe 2.2k in in one faction it felt you know alive but not too crowded like the auction house wasn't an issue back then at all like people there, were, there was enough stuff to buy and sell um, but yeah i think the the mega server thing it's just it's just you have to do some kind of risk management with the server that you want to play um, like for us we went to mograin and uh, it didn't survive even though it was the third largest server on eu when we went there Um, It was only, you know, slightly smaller than than Firemo at the time, but now it's completely dead. Uh, There's like, no Alliance have been there since phase one, and uh, there's about 2.5k horde raiders there now. Compared to, you know, Firemo, it's peaked at like 35,000 locked raiders uh, a couple of weeks ago you know that server isn't going anywhere while uh, the smaller ones they people just filter off eventually
1: it's um it's one of those things you you're definitely right to bring up that concern about servers dying and and obviously that's been an ongoing thing theme in wow classic unfortunately so many people have seen their servers die due, due to the like the, the locust like swarm as players move from server to server chasing the best situation um and and that's definitely a concern of mine on this new server 100 De- i'm i'm not wanting to see this server die um it, you know I've, I've done my research on the population and it seems to have st- held relatively steady over the years so i'm somewhat confident but you never know what's going to happen but outside of that you know you definitely play on a server where you never have to worry about that and I understand that layering, you know, when I say there's 35,000 people on this server or whatever, obviously layering, like you've mentioned, solves a lot of those issues. It's not 35,000 people on the one layer. You're all sort of somewhat you know, sectioned and sequestered off. I, I understand that. But um, how did you feel when you heard the news that the server was actually being locked off? Did you ever actually get concerned prior to the news that it was getting to a point of uh, it being a problem.
4: Yeah. um, It's the server is a problem whenever new content is released in between content. um, It's pretty much fine. Um, But like when Suleiman launched, I think we went up to like 18, 19, maybe, maybe above 20. I don't remember, but it was somewhere in the 20 range of layers. And that's because, of course, you, people are moving in the in the open world uh, up north and uh, to to get to that uh, raid instance. Um, so, like, each layers layer is pretty much fine, but when you when you reach that many layers, it kind of feels like what the fuck is going on here. Um, and then when Sunwell released, like. That was it was. <laughs> I, I don't know how to how to put it. Uh, more than like we had ten thousand people in queue. Like we at some points we had over ten thousand people, and um, if you didn't log in either remotely or or like six hours before your rates chances were that you weren't uh, playing the game that night.
1: Yeah. So was that kind of the ETA um, about six hours?
4: yeah like for me personally like i work from home i logged in at you know two two in the afternoon two thirty in the afternoon and i just made sure i was online you know um we had people who like on uh, on launch week you know had to work and you know if like there were a couple of people in our guild who did like get caught in queue and you know I have screenshots of uh, queues with, uh, you know, 200 minutes wait time. Um, like if if you wanted to raid the first week of Sunwell, and you know you did not break terms of ser- service by using a third party, you know, screen sharing program to to log in from work, like I'm pretty sure you didn't uh, didn't raid during the weekdays. Hmm. Um, so it was it was pretty, pretty much insane.
1: In in saying all that, um, you know, you've already started to have to see what was going on. You, you've you know, I presume started to have concerns for what this might mean for the launch of Wrath of the Lich King. How did you feel, and we'll get into what expectations you might have for launch of Wrath of the Lich King, but how did you feel when you finally saw the news that that the server had been locked? Had there been chat in-game on the server about this thing needs to be shut down? I think
4: uh, the conversation of, like, please don't bring more transfers here, has been going for a long, long time, Um, and way before this this locking of the server. but reacting to the news i think most people were happy with it because for like days and days. i think for probably about two weeks we had queues every day like it's not just wednesday which is our like european rate day that's when the the reset this is on the on the tuesday night it was not just wednesdays it was thursdays it was fridays like on the weekend there were queues on mondays and tuesdays like i i rated on my alt on a monday and you know there were queues for maybe 2 hours 3 hours before rate time like if like on a monday like usually it's for most servers i would think it's if you have a queue it's on on your reset day but there was literally every day uh, on Firemo. and because of that i think most people you know they were affected by it in some way shape or form like of course uh, some people can play you know 12 hours a day it wasn't an issue for them but perhaps for someone else in their raid team or or a friend of theirs so i think uh, most people were were happy with the news that the server got locked Um, for sure some people uh, were perhaps waiting for a friend to to transfer there and now they are they're not going to be able to play together um, but for the server health, I think it was good. And uh, shortly after they locked the server, it feels like uh, a pretty large uh, bandwave wave went out on the server. And um, it's like life there is pretty good now. Uh, we don't have queues, even though we have thirty thousand uh, raiders. Uh, the auction house isn't lacking anymore. Well, um, I-
1: I'm glad you brought that up. I should actually. I. I- so remiss of me to to leave it until this late into the call, but I meant to ask, I really should have you describe how the economy has been affected by the sheer amount of players on this server. And, you know, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is as many people have complained, the auction house at times is just flat out unusable. Is that the case?
4: Yeah. um, If you don't prepare, you know, at least a couple of hours uh, I had for rating, for like rate consumes. Um, if you're buying consumes, like, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes before rate, like searching for an item takes a couple of minutes, and uh, once you you know left click the item to to purchase it, sometimes you know it takes 15, 20 seconds for the for the call to go through. Um, sometimes you know if you if you're trying to buy one thing and you press the buy out button it just buys the next <laughs> next auction be, below it you know it's it, it got so out of hand that like personally i didn't use the auction house at all um close to rate time and even if you're trying to sell you know you're you're posting maybe you know you're selling some 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 potions or whatever and it would just load for 30 seconds trying to post, you know, five haste potions or whatever that you're trying to yeah. to sell. And, and I couldn't even the imagine... they posted, they've been undercut, you know. Yeah.
1: The... I couldn't even imagine trying to run, you know, auction house add-ons and scanning the auction house, how long it would take.
4: No, like, um, if you if you would try to, you know, do a TSM scan, <laughs> close to right time, I'm sure your computer would just, you know, blue screen or something. <laughs>
1: Explode, yeah. Uh,
4: yeah, like I did a, a scan yesterday night, and like there's over a hundred thousand auctions on the auction house, and compared to, you know, the server that I played on back, back in uh, in classic and uh, you know mograine in the beginning of uh, of TPC. Like my old server on classic had you know ten thousand auctions, and Mograine in uh, the end of classic and the beginning of TBC, maybe twenty-five, thirty thousand auctions, and here we are with look, one hundred and five, hundred and ten thousand auctions every day. Wow! It's like, the the volume is just uh, so far out of proportion. I don't think it uh, compares to to most other
1: servers. That's crazy. Bear with me one second, mate. Just for posterity's sake, I'm going to load up life on my server now and find out how many auctions are on the little old Alliance side on my small server to compare against the 100,000 auction listings that you've just (laughs) talked about. Give me one second here. Okay. So I've just got back from checking it out. It actually wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be on the little old 1900 strong Alliance side auction house on my little server, 21,000 auction listings. Um, so that's, I, not too bad. that's not too bad at all. So that actually makes me feel better about my little old economy versus obviously that the Leviathan, the, the Firemore economy is.
4: Yeah, it's a, uh, I gave, the market is very weird. There, there is a lot of goblins, of course, and, you know, undercutting is uh, like cancel scanning is what you need to do if you intend to like, really, you know, work the auction house, but even like, many of my guildies, they say, you know, I just post things and then I log back in tomorrow, and usually it's gone, you know. Mm. So, like, okay. You don't have to. Fortunately, you don't really have to, uh, you know, make these these goblin moves to to be able to sell. But during those uh, like peak hours, just I I personally stay away from the auction house during so, those times.
1: Well, what about the price of goods though? Like you talked about how people would obviously put something up and you'd be undercut almost before you finish putting the auction up. But what are the prices like for some <laughs> rare materials and and rare items and whatnot? Has is there so many people that prices? have been driven into the ground?
4: Um, It's kind of a weird situation right now because prior to the locking of the server, like obviously we had an insane amount of bots and they really kept the prices at a very good premium. Um, But it was like the prices before the lock, they were comparable, I think, to you know the Benedictions and the Farlinas uh, of the world. Um, but I, I did this morning do a side by side of these three servers, Fire Benediction, and Farlina, just for a couple of items. And after the locking, um, we saw some items really spike. Uh, for example, if you were to buy a Terracon herb on Benediction or Farlina, you're paying about 3 gold, 80, 90 silver. On Firemore right now, it's 12 gold each.
1: What? What? Yeah. How? What the fuck?
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the same for Haste Pots, of course. They're going for about 22, 23 gold each now compared to the other two servers, about 9.5 gold and training wisdom, elixir of training wisdom um, is the same uh, on these two american servers they're four and a half gold here it's 11 it, 12 gold
1: it's so bizarre man i mean you're you're a finance guy you you know more about this stuff than me but you know my my very rudimentary understanding of you know economics and keynesian theories and whatnot is that you know this is defying every rule in the economics book isn't it there should be so many players that the prices are lower not higher
4: yeah, I think um the the issue is is that there there are simply just too many people raiding on on the server. Um like before the locking like the bots would supply enough raw materials for there to be a larger supply than there was demand uh, for the, the these raid consumables. Um but now the the competition in the open world to farm is so fierce that If you aren't a bot you're not really you know your your profit margin isn't that high so a lot of people that perhaps would open world farm these raw materials and and supply them to the market they just can't be bothered like the the gold per hour of of those open world farms is so bad because there are so many people competing for them that they just don't bother and of course if you're running a bot you know that one runs for 24 hours a day it doesn't really matter to you if there's competition you know you're you're you know teleporting through the world anyway you're you know wing clipping or you're um you know getting into locations that otherwise you wouldn't be be allowed to get or, or moving in such such manners that you know other people can't you know imitate so i think that's the issue just that the demand for these raw materials and these these rate consumables is so high if you don't have people farming 24 7 like there's no way to supply them
1: but that's them I and even even saying that yeah everyone's off rating and everything like i still my mind wanders to what terracar forest must look like you know have you tried to go terracone picking at all like it must be a mayhem
4: no i've i've Purposefully um, removed every gathering profession from all of my characters because they, it's just you know if if you're not uh, sitting down for eight hours and you have you know an epic f- flying druid like there's just, there's just no point you know um, that's my experience at least of course there 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 are people who do it um, I have no idea how they're uh, how they are viewing it but.
1: It's, fair enough, fair enough. You know. Well, mate, look, we'll wind it up on this one because we alluded to it a few minutes ago. You know, Wrath is just around the corner a couple of months away, we presume. Um, what do you think is going to happen to Firemore on Wrath release? I mean, you've got the comfort of the server being locked, but like we said, these queues, Wrath, it's not like it's going to be unpopular. What are you thinking is going to happen?
4: Yeah. It's it's a big question. Um, I think it's a question for, you know, Benedict and Farina and these, these mega servers as well. And I think it's a question that uh, Blizzard employees are asking themselves a lot as well. Um, you have to take into account as well that like this server has been around since day one. There's a lot of people who have played there in the past who might not be playing right now. And many of them might come back for for Wrath release. So even though the server is locked, there could be thousands of players still coming that that haven't been playing for the past few months, for example. So even with a locked server, we could see a a population boom uh, in in the beginning of Wrath. Um, I think uh, either Blizzard uses some of the the hardware that they are um, tuning down by by removing these these dead realms and they they reuse that hardware for for these mega servers or you know the servers just fucked in the first weeks of of, uh, of Wrath and I could easily foresee that uh, a few few good weeks in uh, in Wrath is just going to be pretty much unplayable um, especially if if people are if if people are leveling out in the world and they're not just all dungeon farming it's going to be even worse um i remember on uh on TPC launch you know just moving to the dungeons because most people were dungeon farming uh, or dungeon leveling rather like just moving there was you know it it took longer than one full run of the dungeon just to get there because you your game just didn't run um so yeah, I think it's very worrying. Um, I I hope that uh, this move they're making by, by removing these that servers uh, will free up space, you know, in their cloud or, or, or on their hardware for, you know, to to keep these mega servers at least somewhat playable. Because if we have uh, 10,000 people in queue on Sunwell Plateau release, I think uh, on Roth release, it would be be way higher than that
1: all right very good mate well look we'll wind it up there i mean i really i, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in wrath with dealing with the masses like you will be it, it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on fire more for, for sure and see how it all goes but look the mega server experiment continues uh, unabated we shall see how we kind of look back on all this when classic is all you know Done basically, and moving forward in MMOs. Whether or not this is a good thing, I don't you know. There's so many arguments out there about just get rid of the the you know get rid of the concept of servers. have everyone have everyone play in the same space? So no, no servers are a good thing. It's just a matter of how many you have. You know, or keep servers very small. Blah 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 blah. There's so many different arguments around it. All we'll see where the future of MMO gaming takes us in regards to this very important issue. But look. Classic has been an education. I'll tell you that much. In different and varying experiences, in regards to population sizes on your server. So, mate, thank you so much for sharing that experience with us. Please shout out whoever you want to shout out, whether it's guild or whatnot. I also, I also should ask, mate, if you're okay with saying, uh, what, what, what country do you hail from?
4: Uh, I'm from Iceland.
1: Iceland, that's right. Very good. Oh, you can shout out all your fellow uh, fellow Icelanders.
4: Yeah, my fellow Icelanders playing. Uh old mmos in the igloos you know um, <laughs> we fortunately do have a, have fiber i don't know how, how that works uh, living living here but now i'm I just know, shout out I know, uh, I know. to my guild of course uh, the the old who pulled that from uh, from stone spine soon to be be dead that server and um, Again, just thanks for having me. And, uh, this is a big conversation, and like you say, it will be interesting to look on uh, when, when all of this is done. And uh, I'm sure we can have a chat about it again uh, after the, the release of Wrath to see how, how that one went.
1: Absolutely, mate. Uh, it makes me laugh. I'm like, you guys must deal with like the fucked-up Iceland stereotypes like Australians deal with the fucked-up Australian stereotypes. <laughs>
4: Yeah, for sure, for sure. People, uh, they often ask, you know, um, How's all the ice in Iceland? (laughs) Sorry?
1: (laughs) Do they say, how's all the ice in Iceland?
4: Yeah, exactly. And we're like, uh, not not much of it. uh, Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very good, mate. All right, well, look, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I'll talk to you again another time.
4: Likewise. Thank you, mate. Have a good day.
1: Hey, everyone. I won't have any dynamic intro for this particular call or portion of the show because, well, you're stuck here with me and only me. A few of you have been mentioning on the Discord relatively recently, Josh, you know, we'd love to hear more thoughts from you or more monologues from you because you know, sometimes, I don't know, I guess some of you guys do enjoy it when I go on a bit of a rant or just like to hear me wax poetic about the game a little bit at times, even though, as you guys know, my knowledge is somewhat limited. I'm not a sweaty, I'm not a professional, I'm just a random dude in Australia who happens to love the game and play a lot of it. Um, So I figured I'd I'd give the people what they want a little bit and go completely ad-lib, absolutely no edits just one burst of verbal diarrhea or maybe you know half an hour or so we'll see how we go you know it's always dangerous territory with me when you get me going about some thoughts of mine of the the game at the moment what i'm doing what my plans are some fun some fun things that have happened to me over the last few weeks in game and just sort of You know, getting some food for thought happening in your brains as well as we move closer and closer to the launch of Wrath of the Lich King Classic. So, guys, please do buckle up. I really hope you somewhat enjoy this. What I actually wanted to do is also, you know, I'm trying to, you know, mix it up a little bit on the show. And I was playing with some segment ideas with Patricia today. And we might do something, you know, revolving around you know, beers with the crew, Um, you know, maybe a few of the Aussies on a semi-regular basis getting together and shooting the shit over a beer and a far more casual call than what you might be used to on Countdown to Classic. So that's something I'm toying with. If you like the sound of that, you know, the Aussies pounding beers and shooting the shit about wow very, very casually in a non-invasive, you know, roundtable discussion as opposed to my regular interview style, then please do let me know. I'm going to approach the guys about that and see how they feel. But guys let's get into it without further ado and let me just say many of you might have access to the beta right now blizzard uh unleashed yet another large wave of invites to the beta um you know i I really do hope from the bottom of my heart that as many of you have gotten in as is possible i know so many of you want it so many of you desire it and you know if you're in and you're testing or you're just getting a preview of the content i'm happy for you that's fantastic um yeah, I've got. You guys know I'm the world's weirdest WoW player. If you've listened to the show for any you know portion of time, you know that I play the game in an odd way. I spend redonkulous amounts of time in game, but I don't do all the stuff that most of you do. I don't raid. I don't PvP. So then, what the fuck do I do? Well, kind of a whole lot of nothing. I just you know level a lot of characters get lost in the world and you know do my gathering and just have a bit of fun some world pvp and i just kind of potter around and make it my own little private azeroth um but in saying that you know i really do enjoy obviously what the game has to offer but bringing it back to beta i i just have had no interest in the beta because again so many of you would give an arm and a leg to get in there. I feel horrible in saying that I got an invite, you know, last week and I'm not using it as I had, you know, forewarned people would happen Um, because I don't want to spoil my dinner. If that makes sense. You know, I know it's a little bit of wanky romanticism and everything guys, but I, I really mean it when I say it that I'm looking forward to wrath and I don't want to do what we've done over the last few years which is study everything to the nth degree know everything about the game inside and out before i've played a fucking second of it even though yes we played back in the day my memories are shot i've had no memories whatsoever of tbc or wrath i had some memories of vanilla but you know tbc and wrath i don't know anything about these games and yes even though i did it back then i I couldn't retain any of that information so you know certainly through classic and tbc i was you know looking up every guide under the sun watching hours upon hours of content and just figuring everything out, everything out that i could i'm really trying to mix it up with wrath and i'm i'm not necessarily doing the blind run although i did see you know ads out there on the subreddit recently for like a guild that's doing the completely blind wrath experience which i really can't applaud enough i think that's phenomenal and i really would encourage more people to do that if you can you know they're not allowing well, how you police this is another question but they're not allowing people in the guild that you know know everything about all the fights and and you know sit there and tell other people how to do the tactics and blah 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 they're really going to try and work it out on their own either by having new players or by having players that don't fucking remember anything which i th- i really think is very cool and I'm, As much as I'd love an experience like that on my server, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Josh, you could start your own guilds. I learned a lesson from Season of Mastery. I should never run a guild. I'm I'm not that person. It's just not something that is in my toolkit or should ever be within my skill set to do. But anyway, I'm trying to go in as blind as I can. Yes, I'm watching a lot of Wrath content, but it's not about the pve content if that makes sense so like while i'm watching things about the classes oh cool druids get this in their talent tree now i didn't know that oh rogues can do this now i didn't know that i don't really see that as kind of cheating the system but the things i'm not watching whether or not they're out there are you know here's how to flawlessly run utgard keep or utgard keep or whatever um you know here's uh how to do a speed run of fucking um uh uh or whatever i'm not watching any of the dungeon or raid content i want it to be somewhat of a surprise you know I, i the one thing i have done on beta is about two or three dungeon runs with ale and staunch um and you know I saw Utgard Keep, that's fine, I really don't care, it's the first dungeon of the game. You know, it's like, in TBC, if if you'd showed me, like, you know, Ramparts, I wouldn't have been like, oh, it's all spoiled for me now, like, that's the first dungeon, it's not a fucking big deal. Um, And I had fun running with the guys, and, you know, basically finding out that, as many of you are seeing through the streamers that are playing the beta, yes, the dungeons are very simple, and, you know, particularly, obviously, on normal mode as you're levelling. We were formatting everything, and not even almost sweating. We had a healer, two DPS, and a tank. And yes, okay, some of the characters, not all the characters were template characters. Some of them were um, characters that people had copied. So they had, you know, your T5, T6 gear uh, gear and what have you. So they were very well-geared characters going in. That's fine. But I just have a funny feeling that even in pretty average gear, you know, the four-man option is there for people. Not that you necessarily want to do it, but, you know, if you can't find that fifth person for whatever reason, there is going to be sometimes, I think, a shrugging of the shoulders and be like, oh, fuck it, let's just do it, at least through those early dungeons, I think. That, that's been my experience so far. Maybe it's a start, Guard keep, I don't know. But people have been buzzing that, like, yeah, fucking, you know, if you can't find a fifth, who cares? Um, it'd be interesting to see at what point you can't really sort of keep that mentality up. Um, I enjoyed the very little I've seen of the beta, but I'm done with it. I'm not playing it again. Um I did say to the guys I might do one raid. If they if they get a crew together, if they get all my mates together and they go, Josh, jump in on this 25-man, we're going to do a Nax." then I'm fine with that. It's Naxx. That's not spoiling anything, you know what I mean? It doesn't bother me in the slightest. So one or two Nax's I might do if the opportunity comes up. But, yeah, I think it's very fair if you are feeling, you know, a little bit upset in a way that, Oh, this stupid fucking content creator, he gets access to beta. And these are the jerks that they invite. I would have tested the shit out of this game. I would have put hundreds of hours in and sent in so many bug reports. These pricks at blizzard won't give me a fucking break. Why do they give it to this guy? That's totally fair criticism. And, and I've been on the record open on the show about not so much saying, you know, blizzard don't, don't waste an invite on me, but just saying, look, I know I'm, probably going to get an invite which is you know very very nice and it's a privileged position to be in that you know years of creating content i do get somewhat of a a look in um at the early junctures of these things but they are something that i do not employ on a regular basis i didn't play the tbc beta much i didn't play the classic beta much so it is a shame but I, i don't think it's sort of. It's not like there's a finite amount of beta invites going around, I believe. I don't think I'm necessarily wasting a slot, but it is what it is at this point. Um, For those who hate that saying, there it is for you. But guys, I I really want to lean in on this kind of notion of not spoiling my dinner. Um, I am really trying to come into Wrath with as much of a babe in the woods type feel as I can, just being oblivious to a lot of the core concepts of wrath of the lich king um i want to try and experience it as much you know for the first time as i can even though obviously it's my second time um i'm really walking away from a bunch of the things that i have done in the game up to this point whilst also sadly retaining some bad habits and i'll get into that soon but i'm i'm trying to start you know turn over a new leaf and and start fresh in a weird way and and That's exactly what I've done. You know, fresh servers are right around the corner and so many of you might be rolling on that or or maybe not. You know, obviously many polls have been going out with tens of thousands of people voting on YouTube channels and whatnot. And the return has been, I don't know if it's been eye-opening to all of you, but it's been slightly surprising to me at least where you see things like, you know, 10,000 of people will vote on a YouTube poll and only 15 to 20% of them are actually interested in playing on a fresh server. Um, the fresh server thing, as I said recently on the show really is a niche crowd. And I think we're fine. We're going to find out very soon exactly how niche it is. Yes, it's cool, but a lot of people do not want to walk away from the thousands of hours they have put into the characters that they have on already established servers. Um, I'm not playing on a fresh server, so if you thought I was going in that direction, I'm not. Um, I've said to, to friends who are interested in it, I'm really not that terribly interested. Look, maybe, maybe there is a small chance, never say never, there's a small chance I roll a tune for a few weeks to muck around with some mates doing some dungeons, but I highly doubt it. It doesn't hold much interest to me. Um, I'm happy sort of pottering around on the, on the little characters that I've got already. I've still got people to level up that I want to get leveled up on my server, but I've rolled my own form of fresh recently. Anyway, if you guys don't know, and this is where we're going to get into sort of an interesting point here. Um, if you guys don't know, I, I basically re-rolled about two months ago and I was having drinks with Ale and Hunk one Friday night and I actually was a Saturday night, not that it matters. And they somewhat half kind of called me out on my own bullshit and goaded me into rolling a new character, like Alliance side on a fresh server. Because we were talking about the server balance, and I said, Oh, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, you know, if you wanted to be, well, actually, no, sorry, I'll start again. This is what got it started. I said, I'm really enjoying world PvP, guys, and I really do kind of enjoy the concept but I haven't experienced it of being the underdog on a PVP server. But how do I get a good underdog location where you're not such an underdog that it's oppressive? You know, so many of the mega servers might have a, a, a hoard or Alliance population that is 35% or fewer that really does encroach upon that Im- oppressive tag where like, you know, I think, my old server, something like Aragol, where it's sixty-five, thirty-five. Uh, look, I'd have to speak to someone who plays Alliance there, and I've got friends who will be playing Alliance there soon. I feel like from my own observations as a Horde player on Aragol for years that the Alliance just got decimated, stomped. Like, don't get me wrong, they fought back valiantly and all that stuff, but the overwhelming horde numbers and you think oh yeah 65 35 but it's a mega server there's so many more i feel yes okay it's a percentage but still um i just i felt like if i was an alliance on that server i would have a bad time however um there there is was another server in oceania called yojamba that had a 60 40 population And I was talking to the guys about, like, wouldn't it be cool being on the 40 side of things? Like, I think I'd actually really enjoy that because I've turned into this person who has now just fallen in love with world PvP in such a bizarre fashion. Like, I long for it. I relish it. I have become, and, and, you know, Hunk and the guys know this, the most bloodthirsty prick on, you know, my fucking server in a weird way. I, I just hunt down people like Predator on my server for a bit of world PVP. And I, I don't care about the, the honor. I don't care about anything. I just I want to go one-on-one. Let's go, bro. You and me. Let's see who wins. And if you die, you get the inconvenience of the two-minute walk back to your body. Let's see who can fucking do this. Who's the better player right now? And that's why I've had a very strict, you know, you guys know me, again, coming back to me being the weirdest WoW player in the world, I've got a very strict code when I world PvP. And this is all coming back to the server talk, trust me, guys. Um, I do not fight people, you know, if we're in the 60 to 70 bracket, I do not fight people, well, actually, it doesn't matter about any bracket, I don't fight people two levels lower than, uh, sorry, more than two levels lower than me. Um, I even hesitate to fight a 68 at 70. I, I really do. I'd much prefer to sort of the minimum to be 69. <laughs> um, but it, it's a part of me that I can't walk away from. I'm not trying to be holier than now, guys. I'm not trying to say that, you know, I'm a fucking angel, blah, blah, blah. I'm not. I do shitty things in the game. There's no doubt about it. We all do at times. But I don't kill lobies. I really don't. I, I've You guys know my stance on this. I've said some really, really, really harsh things about the kind of people that farm lobies or kill lobies for a bit of fun. Um, many of you listen to this show. So, you know, I don't want you all throwing your phones out the window in anger and saying, shut the fuck up, you Aussie dickhead. But I've I've really, at just a base level of fairness and justice, have such large issues with the concept of picking a fight that you know the person you're fighting with has zero percent chance to win. It is the absolute pinnacle of sociopathy in my mind. Um and and you know, all of you right now who scoff at that are saying the first thing you thought of was PvP on a, PP, a PvP on a PvP server, bro. Shut up, come on guys let's let's be honest, you know you know there's a difference like when we really define PvP, there's a difference between PvP and then Lionel Hutch shaking his head, PvP you know the truth and the truth there's a difference we all know it deep down, some just don't like to admit it out loud, but anyway, again, not to get too holier than now, I've really been enjoying this holy crusader paladin purging the land of horde filth on on you know this new server of mine but how did i get there well back to the conversation so i said to hunk and ale i says to mabel i says you know i'd really like to be the underdog i feel like this would be really cool as long as i wasn't up against an absolute wave of horde that were killing me every time i left the front door and they were like well josh hey your Jamba is sitting right there. You know, you could re-roll Alliance on that server. There are 3,000 Horde players. There are 2,000 Alliance players, you know, logging raids. Sounds like the perfect deal for you. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is? And I thought about it for about half a second, and I went, you know what? You don't have to dare me too hard to roll a new character, so fuck you, I'll do it. And I literally did it that minute. We we kept having beers I fired up a new paladin, and I went, "All right, fuck it, I'll try this server. Let's see what happens." You know, six to seven weeks later, I was seventy, um, and the last two or three weeks, I've just been mucking around, gathering, making a bit of gold, PvPing my fucking ass off, and I've been loving it. It has completely given me a new lease on World of Warcraft life. It, I, I feel like I've got a, you know, if, for those of you who wear glasses, I, I, I don't know if this story is relevant to you, but. I will never forget the first time I put glasses on. I was 16 years old. Um, I, I'm only very slightly short-sighted, but enough that it's a little bit of an issue. Like, you know, if you were sitting across the bar from me, I wouldn't be able to really make out your face very well and, you know, friends wave at me and go, Josh, you fucking idiot. I was right there. You didn't say anything. I was like, man, I couldn't fucking see you if I wasn't wearing my contacts or my glasses. But the first time I put glasses on, I will never forget. It's one of the most memorable moments of my life. I was sitting at that my, my family's then home Looking out at this wonderful view that we had, and um I, I put on the glasses that had just come from the optometrist, and you know, standing there, my mum handed them to me, I put them on, and you know, what I knew to be vision all of a sudden you realize was a very scuffed view of the world because now I can see clear with the glasses on, and it was crystal clear, like obviously you know that's what glasses do, they fix your sight. I didn't know I had bad sight and then you put these things on and like it blew my fucking mind. It was like being able to see for the first time weirdly again. It was very, very uh, an odd feeling and my jaw hit the floor. Um, That's somewhat how I felt on this new server. It has been such a like darling little underdog of a server That on Aragul, you know, the big brother Oceanic server, they give a lot of shit to the other servers. And I understand the min-max sweaty mentality that many of you might have. And again, horses for courses, I'm not trying to preach to you guys and convert you all to go and play on smaller servers. I'm not doing that. All I'm going to tell you is about my experience and why I've enjoyed it. Whether you take that on board is completely fucking up to you. But this server has flavor again. It's like... I lost my sense of taste and smell, and it's come back to me. Um, It is not a mega server. Like I said, there's 5,000 people on this server, and it feels like an old-school vanilla server. I've talked about chasing the dragon many, many times on the show, and we've all been chasing the dragon, trying to get that feeling of 15, 16, 17 years ago back, and I feel like I've partly gotten there. Yes, granted, it will never quite be the same. It's not a one-to-one facsimile, because obviously we've got things like dungeon boosts being advertised all the time and GDKPs. But there's hardly any GDKPs being advertised on this server. Hardly any, granted, because I'm on the Alliance faction with only 2,000 people there. And... The AH is smaller, which I actually quite like, and you you sweaty raiders would be like, ah, fuck that, I can't get all my consumes at cheap prices, it's fucking ridiculous, I don't want to do that. Where's the the flood of epics that I can buy at any time if I want to for an alt or whatever? Yeah, it's not there, because it's like an old school smaller server. Things are actually somewhat rare on the auction house, and the economy reflects that. It's actually really interesting, and it feels like home a little bit to me again. Um the chat, people in the LFG chat and the trade chat, you know, I got involved in a muck around chat in trade just last night, and people are actually having, you know, fun, memey, memey conversations in there. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this server has personality. These guys are actually making fun, you know, jokes. They're showing their personalities a little bit. People know each other. People are blatantly talking to each other and saying names like they know each other. And I've come to recognize names already just in the couple of months that I've been there. I know these people and I see them around Stormwind. And you might wave or you might just go, oh, there's so-and-so. I know he's playing the AH. Oh, I know he's sitting there waiting for the fucking rogue that comes and kills our auctioneers all the time. Oh, there's old mate that parks his two uh, dual-box mounts outside the AH every night to flex for some weird reason, even though everyone's got that mount. Like, it's just... It's got a, it's, I keep saying it, it's got a personality and I really, really like it. It's not this, you know, small fish in a big pond feel where it's incredibly hard, nigh on impossible to stand out from the crowd. Now, granted, I know all you mega server aficionados are going to go, Josh, Josh, you're a fucking idiot. I know people on my server. And we've had callers on the show recently saying, absolutely, I know people on my server in a mega server. Um, I, you know, have made friends. You know, you see people in chat. I know what's going on. I, I understand and I agree with that, but I just feel like it's got a little more oomph on this server and, you know, going more into the flavor, like there is a dude, I, I've mentioned very briefly on the show, there is a dude that trolls the server. He is our, um, God, I can't believe I've forgotten and you guys are going to skewer me, the, the guy that, uh, you know, parked himself for, for a year in fucking Menethal Harbor in, in, um, in Vanilla, Uh, why have I forgotten his name? You you know who I'm talking about, the rogue or what have you. Um, we've got one of those and he daily kills the Stormwind Auctioneers and kills the, um, pvp npc in terracar forest so that when everyone comes back from capturing spirit tower we can't turn in the quest because old mates killed the npc for a laugh he's got max level characters on both factions he jumps in our chat and taunts us all the time and he's a fucking whack job he is bizarre and he is also against all odds just a beautiful thing to have because you need villains like that everyone ben band- hey Sorry about that. The cat just cat just randomly attacked the dog. Ralphie, learn your lesson. That's what you get when you pick a fight with Lucky. Okay. So he absolutely, um, obviously delights in just making this his, his, you know, reason of being. Just trolling at the Alliance faction. And, um... You know I've fought him a few times in Pvp, i've I've killed him a couple of times in my fresh Paladin in greens and a couple of blues. He's in like season three gladiator gear or whatever, or no, not quite gladiator gear, but like whatever's one underneath that, I don't know. but the ongoing joke is this guy blatantly paid someone for a hard carry in arena because he is pretty bloody ordinary at PVP. But he jumps in the chat and boasts on a very regular basis about, oh, uh, no one has ever killed me one-on-one in PvP. I'll give 50,000 gold to the first player that can kill me one-on-one. Ha ha (laughs) ha, I own the alliance. You're all chumps. This is revenge for you guys having no honor, blah, 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 blah. It's all part of his shtick. I I regularly reply, like, shut up, dickhead. I've killed you one-on-one several times on a fresh 70. He doesn't want to hear it. He's like, nah, proof or it didn't happen. And, you know, the ongoing joke within the Alliance faction is we all know, like, we've all, I've watched him die to other players on a regular basis. We all know he gets taken down one-on-one. But he owns this, like, until you produce the video, I am the greatest PvP player of all time and no one's ever beaten me. And it's all part of the, like, eye-rolling fun. It just brings this element to this server that I've never found on a classic server up to this point. And like I said, a little bit of a new lease on life for me. It's, it's really been enjoyable. So this is just bleeding to, you know, my plans for wrath and what I've been doing. Um, I, I plan, I had to sit down and sort of say, all right, I've gotten this character to 70. I've had my fun. Am I being serious about that? Am I deserting the, the mega server? For the small country town server that so many players say, Don't do it, don't do it, it will die. Josh, you're you're signing your death warrant in WoW, you'll have to transfer eventually. This server's gonna die. You're doing the wrong thing. It's dead, it's already dead. The meme, it's a dead server, guys. It's a dead server. This server, this server has maintained its population within a variance of about 10% ever since the launch of Classic. And I went through all the history of the logs. The Alliance hasn't dipped below 1,600 people. It's at 1,800 now. Um, You know, at the height of its powers, it was at like 2,100. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. The worst case scenario, maybe the server dies and I just transfer back to the mega server, whatever. It's really, I don't care. But I think this server will hold and I'm really enjoying it. Um, So one of the fun things was like, once I made this decision of needing to, to, to... you know, commit to this server and say, yep, I'm walking away from the thousands of hours I've p- I put into Aragol, and all those horde characters. I'm re-rolling Alliance. I've got my human paladin. How do I set him up now? I had like 12,000 gold on Aragol, and I was like, oh man, wave goodbye to that. And then I thought, ah, oh, hang on. I saw, you know, as we do, Blizzard was having a sale on character transfers and I went, oh, fuck it, you know, let's just do it. Paid my, you know, I think, uh, what'd I do? I did two character transfers, right? Because I had 12,000 gold. You can only take 5,000, uh, per character. So I went, all right, I'll transfer 10,000 gold to really get myself set up on this fresh 70, lose 15% of it on the neutral auction house happily and, and give myself some cash to go into wrath because I, I, I couldn't afford my epic flyer on, um, on the new server i had no cash whatsoever uh I, you know i had like four thousand gold from leveling but i still needed to buy an epic flyer and then i would have still been in the hole coming into wrath and so i went all right fuck it i'll just do it which is funny because again some of you might be going oh my god josh you could have just bought gold like it's seven dollars for a thousand gold you could have just you know literally sat there and and for your, your 45 bucks that you just gave to Blizzard, you could have gotten five 6,000 golds, you know, put your money elsewhere. And I was like, yeah, but I don't buy gold. I know it's stupid to say that because what am I doing? I'm effectively still buying gold. I'm spending real world money to get gold on this character. Obviously though, I still reconcile with it being the absolutely legitimate way of doing so, as opposed to, feeling bad and you know i still want to say when all is said and done with classic that i never bought a fucking single dollar's worth of gold i am still going to be able to say that again you can scoff at that guys and go you paid blizzard for gold effectively through these character transfers you might call what i'm doing mental gymnastics i don't necessarily see it that way but we'll agree to disagree if that is the fact um so i got the gold over there and i sweated fucking bullets as i did the swap over at the neutral auction house thankfully at this stage of tbc obviously no one whatsoever is sitting there trying to snipe auctions at the fucking uh, booty bay auction house anymore that is absolutely a thing of the past so despite me filling my pants with poo as <laughs> someone you know stealing now i know what you're thinking guys you might be thinking but josh it's easy to transfer the gold you just put a you know single water up there for five thousand gold and you buy it yeah i did that but the other thing was Because I had 12,000 gold, again, I can only take 10,000 liquid gold, but I wanted that other 2,000 as well. So I got a bit cheeky and I bought, I put that extra 2,000 into buying some epic items from Aragol. And I, I did some research and I figured out what would sell really well on your Jamba. Do a little bit of a cheeky cheeky, make some money out of it. So I invested in some items put that2,000 gold in and then just swap those items over to the the yojamba characters Bob's your uncle right well not quite so what I've done is as I've said you know filled my pants with poo on swapping these items over as the the couple of epic recipes or like I put Boar speed and um, a Sunwell recipe the design uh, amulet of flowing life from Sunwell um, put them up for a copper each and uh, sweat bullets as I Somehow, thankfully, obviously, just made the transfer over and it all got done. No tears were shed. Um, so here I am with my ten, not quite ten thousand gold, eight and a half thousand gold. Lost fifteen percent plus these few, you know, items that I've transferred over. Oh my god! I absolutely it backfired on me. I I, I will never try and sell epic items or highly, highly desirable, um, you know, very expensive items again. Even though I did this ad nauseum through vanilla and found a lot of success in flipping items for thousands of gold on the AH. Fucking classic. I hated it. You know, I was going up against There's one or two guys. One, yeah? Oh, okay. Give me one sec, guys. I've, I've got to clean up a, a pet mistake. Give me one sec. Oh, Sorry about that, guys. I'm back. I said there'd be no edit points, but I did uh, unfortunately have to throw one in, in there due to a, a pet mishap. Um, our, our old cat has a little bit of an upset stomach, um, but you know, you guys know, you heard the last half an hour was basically me not taking a breath. So, you know, I can do this in the one take. Let's keep going. Um, I'll, I'll stay off. I was about to have lunch, but uh, I'll wait till I finish recording this. I went out there and basically saw my wife virtually having an O over this chicken rice that she just ordered for us. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that, which apparently is brilliant, but let's keep going. Fuck. Guys, I had, uh, what are we, Three, six, nine, twelve. 12. I had 13 points written down that I wanted to talk to you about, and we're 35 minutes in, and I'm on to point 2. Uh, unfortunately, you know what you get when you deal with me, so I'll just have to see how I go. I don't want this to go on for fucking hours, but we'll see how we go. Anyway, long story short, I'm on a new server. I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, there is world PvP. I'll talk to you a little bit about that um you know there's fights for the spirit towers the plucky alliance on our side does okay at times um i have just been destroying people in pvp it's been really fun don't get me wrong you guys know i'm very average at the game whenever i come across someone who kind of knows what they do they're doing i lose but the beauty of it is that doesn't happen very often um i'm absolutely winning 90 percent of the fights i'm in but again huge caveat i'm obviously fighting people that number one have no fucking interest in pvp and number two when they get involved in pvp have no fucking idea what to do so i'm just obliterating people probably because this server is as many are rife with gold farmers the gold farmers have zero interest in pvp I take a lot of joy in decimating them because I don't like having these fuckers there that are ruining servers and helping to destroy the culture of this game. You guys might feel very, very differently. There's been a little bit of an odd romanticizing. I keep you, that's the word of the day, obviously. Little bit of an odd romanticizing of gold farmers and gold sellers in classic, which I have disagreed with and people are like, oh, you know, it's just some guy trying to make a living. It's still bad for the game. I have, you know, I'm not going to feel bad about destroying these people in PVP. It's still bad for the game. Um, So I found that a little odd at times to hear those conversations. Going, I'd rather put, you know, 20 bucks into a bloke's account. Who's going to help, you know, give him dinner that night. than to big bad blizzard. Yeah, but they're fucking feeding the gold industry in the game. Ah, anyway, Um, it's been really fun. It's been really, really fun. And there's, obviously the sweaty players gravitate towards the mega servers, which means that I have noticed a really obvious dip in talent on this server. And you know what? That's great for little old average Josh. Me, who's so ridiculously like the epitome of an average WoW player, has just found a home here because when I PvP with people, they're about as skilled as me and it's been great. Um... You know, the, the the few times that I've beaten someone that's blatantly better than me, I get the fuck out of there so they don't get revenge. I'm, I know when I'm very much so outmatched and a couple of lucky crits or a weird thing happens and they would be fuming. I beat this warrior outside fucking Shatrath the other day who had, like, killed me three times in a row that morning. I came back that night. He saw me again beelined towards me thinking free food, I fucking remember this dickhead from earlier, and I've gone, oh God, here we go. Somehow, somehow, I beat him after using, you know, bubble, lay on hands, potion, he, you know, and and the, the fucking, um, the fell blossom or whatever, the the herbalism shield that I get. I used everything, and I just beat this guy on the last hit. He would have probably thrown his monitor through a fucking window. I teabagged bagged him, I laughed, I got the fuck out of there. I was so lucky. Um, But yeah, these things don't happen that often. It was very, very fun. But that's the point is finding these fun moments. And, you know, again, guys, digging down deep within yourself and figuring out what is truly fun to you. Um, Not preaching to everyone to convert to smaller servers, but just play Wrath for the fun of it. Not for the sweat and the min-max. I know all of you are like, but sweating and min-maxing is my fun, Josh. More power to you. Just take the time every now and again for yourself. Take an hour or two here and there in the game just to not be about the most efficient gold farming per hour or fucking whatever it is. Just smell the roses guys is all i'm trying to preach just go out and remember what made you fall in love with this game and smell the fucking roses please i'm begging you it's really made me enjoy things more but look talking about you know anti-min max and everything you guys have heard me on the show talking to north about this really being so internally conflicted about this profession choice on my main i'm like guys i'm trying to focus on this paladin do what's best for him what do I do? Do I go mining engineering? Or do I do this wild and wacky thing in double gathering? I've, had, I, I've, I've almost been up at night with this thing bothering me, as stupid as it sounds. It's been killing me. Everyone says I have to take engineering. Oh, my God. If you don't have engineering in Wrath, you're doing it wrong, you fucking idiot. How could you not consider engineering? It's not even a choice. It's like basically you take it with first aid, You know, and and fucking... It's just mandatory. I have decided to go against it. It it was a really hard decision. But I've gone, I I don't care if it's fun. I don't care if it's min-max. You know what I personally find more fun? Gathering my fucking ass off. You guys know, I've heard it, I've said it before. Gathering in video games takes me to my happy place. You know that scene in Happy Gilmore when he goes to his happy place... And, uh, you know, the the clouds appear and and there's the little person riding the uh, toy pony and slapping his butt. And then there's the uh, chubs there playing the piano and everything. That's what gathering in World of Warcraft does for me. It takes me to my happy place. And I don't care if it's inefficient or whatever or, or a waste of time, what have you. I just fucking enjoy it. And that's why I'm going double gathering. Min maxes be damned, fucking efficiency be damned. Anyway, I'm rambling. I'm I'm so happy I've decided to do it because I think I'm gonna love it. I really, really do. I don't care about haste on my gloves. I don't care about fucking rocket boots and all that shit. And you guys are like, oh, you'll fucking care when you're raiding, bro. I don't care. I do not care. Your guild will care. I don't care what they care about. <laughs> I don't. I, it's uh, anyway moving on guys look um i'm probably gonna have to wind it up there i think look this is 40 minutes um and i really had i l- listen to these points i had written down i'll have to save them for another time i was going to talk about um you know season of mastery 2 and, and fresh uh, vanilla coming out maybe from blizzard um i was going to talk about you know bots a little bit more i was going to talk about plans for alts and i was going to talk about this kind of weird little content creator wars that are going on right now and what i'm perceiving to be some pretty ordinary content getting put out versus the very you know you have to really sift through a lot of it to get to the good stuff in my opinion i was going to talk about some things that happened in the blizzard discord i was going to talk about joyous journeys guys i'd be here for another fucking two hours if i went through all this stuff but look let's wrap it up there and I'll, i'll tease that stuff for another time Please, everyone, give me some feedback about this. If you like hearing from me like this, let me know. If you think it's an absolute verbal diarrhea, waterfall of bullshit, nonsensical, took the show nowhere, don't fucking do that, Josh. We want to hear from your guests. Shut the fuck up. Don't be shy in saying so in the Discord. Say it politely if you can. That would be lovely. But let me know whether you're okay with hearing from me Alone every now and again, like I said, guys. The other thing I'd actually really prefer to do is doing a much more casual beer with some of the Aussies. And I say the Aussies, you know, the people in the Oceanic region, because I'd probably record it at night, which is a really bad time for Europe and America. Um, and you know, I just catch who I can, friends of the show who want to talk a bit of shit and and not have me bust their balls with interview questions. That's something I'm considering, so let me know if you'd like to hear about that, you know, every now and again on the show. But guys, look, let's wrap it up there. This has been a full-on episode. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the rogue chat. I hope you enjoyed the chat about Firemore, and I hope you enjoyed this fucking Josh getting on his high horse and apparently preaching to you after all about, you know, life on a smaller server and changing the way in which I play. Have a great weekend. Well, look, we'll get to the goodbye. How about I just do it now? Guys... As per usual, this has been the episode. I want to thank the patrons so, 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 so much for everything that they have done for the show. I need to pull up the Patreon right now because I don't have it uh, uh, logged into. Let me, uh, and I'm supposed to be doing this with no edits. Um, Okay, back after that second unplanned edit break. I'm so sorry. I had to look up the patrons and sign in and log in and everything. Thank you. Guys, if you want the ad, if the ads are shit, If the ads have been bugging you, you would have heard me talk about this at the top of the episode. You can get the ad-free version of the podcast if you sign up at the lowest tier of Patreon, the $2 tier per month. Guys, obviously, all the support in the world is always welcome. I, I do pour a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into the show. If the ads piss you off or if you just want to show a bit of support sign up for the two dollars tier at least and you can get the show as you've been used to over the last four and a half years as i mentioned at the top i've got to do something about trying to squeeze a bit more juice out of this show that i've ignored over the last four and a half years and the ad revenue is really going to help out so um hopefully you're all okay with it but if it pisses you off that option is there for you but thank you so much to the following people Flozy B, Half Loaf, welcome to the $20 tier of the Patreon. Thank you so much. A new patron, you absolute legend. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome to the club. Furian, Tim S, O, Croxford, Derek S, Jeff C, Greg N, Grimoire, Mal Groden, Odd K, Paul E, Playzor, another new Patreon. Thank you so, so much. There's been a few new ones lately. You're all legends. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you, Playzor, you absolute beautiful human being. Rand. A not-so-beautiful human being. Fuck you, Rand. No, I love you. You're the best. You know that, mate. Hopefully we have beers tonight. Scott S. Taran E. Uh, I think Taran E might have gotten a shout-out last time. If you didn't, welcome to the club. Thank you, Taran E. Taylor W. Tiger. Tim R. Another new patron. Oh my god, it's raining new patrons. Thank you so much, Tim R. You are just as beautiful a human being as the others. Thank you. Vaka, Wintersgate, and Zoran. You absolute legends. I love you. Guys, that's been the episode. Please give me feedback about today. Tell me all your thoughts in the Countdown channel on the Discord. Please have a great time during the week in the game. And I hope you have a lovely week. See you later.